Hello, 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 and welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 77. I'm Auntie AK, and I am here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. Auntie Shade. And our special honorary auntie, please introduce yourself. Well, I'll call myself Auntie Phil for today. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we will get into your business a bit later on. Um, but first and foremost, we're going to um, have a little uh, game, Auntie Farah. Auntie Farah, are you ready? Yes, I was on mute. Apologies. Okay, so this, once again, we're just going to do Would You Rather. Simple, easy, nice, fun little game. Would you rather? Okay, first one is, would you rather lose your sight or lose your memories? Um, uh, I would, uh, I would rather lose my sight. Because I think like your memories are what make you as a as a person like kind of shape your reality. So I'd rather lose my sight because I can remember that. I can remember what things look like. So you see memories, is it like it's not memory, it's your memories. So how long do you I have mean, to... why do you always do this? It's so simple. <laughs> I said lose your sight or lose your memories. So everything, it's all gone. Okay, stop mixing it and trying to reach for exceptions and caveats it is what it is it's what my, i said said what my, i said my point is memories is different from memory <laughs> so, i know I if you, you have think? memories of something that's from your memory right but that says memories so <laughs> I, it doesn't like it's me no no okay sorry i have to challenge Sorry, I have to, no. I have to I'll, I'll simplify it for you. Lose your memory. Okay? No, but that's not what it says. It says memories. <laughs> so my point is, memories Next. are like Next no, person. no, no, because I could be helping somebody out here. Memories, yeah. I remember when I was walking down the lane, or like I had a nice, fond picture memory of something that happened. Or does it mean like I don't remember how to do one plus one is two? Do you get me? It's a different part of the. Category, isn't it? It's isn't really it? not. Auntie Farah, it's the same thing. Look, it's 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 really not. Auntie Farah, <laughs> how do you Next. feel about it? <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna say. Oh God, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go for it. I I was gonna say, I'll go half and half. I'll lose one eye and some <laughs> memories of bad relationships that I've had. Hold on, Auntie Farah's being nice, because if I said that, she told me off for remixing it. You see how she's no. smiling, look. No. <laughs> no, you see, what Auntie Phil did, she said clear and concise to the rules, I would lose half of my memories and half an eye. She didn't ask me to clarify the difference between memories and memories. No. But she didn't answer the question, it's one or the other. No, Auntie Phil, sorry, you gotta pick one. I'm no, gonna... you, it's not up to you to decide. <laughs> this is my game. <laughs> oh my god go on oh. <laughs> i'm there sipping tea watching this but, um yeah i think i would lose uh my memory or memories both of them i'll lose them and i'll keep my sight i've been watching this um show called c on apple tv oh, yeah. And, yeah no i don't want to lose my sight i'm good <laughs> 
seriously. It's underrated how important it is, to be honest. So yeah, memories. I think I'd like to keep my side too. If I don't have my memories of experiences, I don't mind that. Thank you, and that's where I leave it. Auntie Nana. <laughs> She said, I went first. I said mine. Okay. So I would rather lose my sight because I feel like then I'd be like, you know, Daredevil, the in, the comic book person, and all okay. my other senses would heighten. You know, people get away, people, people live full lives without their sight, but sure. memories don't live like people do. Anyway, but yeah, memories. <laughs> I would want to keep my memories over okay. my sight. Right. But Next you month. could create more memories, though, couldn't you? Maybe, but it doesn't really say whether or not you hold on to those. Mm, it might be a case yeah. of like you just never remember anything ever. It's not like, clear, is it? It's not actually clear. <laughs> it's Auntie Farah's gay. I'm not. Hey, I'm not getting involved. Right. I'm okay. just gonna... uh, right. You you answered your question, Auntie Ak. Next one. Would you rather be in jail for five years or be in a coma for a decade? I'd rather be in jail for five years because you still get to be awake, create memories, whether they're good or they're bad ones. Um, you can see if you're in a coma, your compass mentis, that's it. A decade is a long time, 10 years to not see your child, your family, know what's going on, not know whether somebody's passed or had a baby or you know, taking their ex back or whatever. Mm. I, I'd say in jail. Is it a category A, B or C? No, I'm joking. I'm just doing an anti-AK. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, because I was going to say this, Auntie Phil, depending on the category of jail <laughs> and on my crime, if I didn't murder anyone, I'm just doing like light work. You would be in a cat A. Did a little bit of fraud. You would be in a cat A, definitely. Leave me alone. I would just like a little light work. I did a little bit of fraud, and yeah, so I'll take jail because, and as long as there's no like you know, people don't try to attack me, want to fight me, and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, a light one, one of those like you know, what white people go to, rich white people go to. I'll be in that one. <laughs> Your I think I might do the um, I might do the coma, you know, because. You're not really gonna know, do you know what I mean? You're just gonna wake up and like, you're not gonna feel that time pass. Um, the thought of jail is just so, uh, mate, it's so restrictive, obviously it's restrictive, but yeah, that's one of my worst nightmares. Next, after zombies, jail, like that's my next worst thing. So yeah, I think, um, I think I'll take the coma, you know? And then I think there's something exciting about you know, as long as no one doesn't mess with you, do you know what I mean? While you're in a coma, there's that as well. You've got to be protected in that. Um, but yeah, I think there's something not necessarily cool, but I like the idea of like waking up and everything's changed. Like it's like going to a different dimension or something. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, I would go with gel because we. I, I spoke about that, like my my want to well it's not a want but I wouldn't mind being in jail because I want to be like the next B 
So I would do jail <laughs> 10 years. That's enough time to like go through the ranks and like establish yourself as the it's Don. Only five years. It's only five years. Five, oh, years. five years. Sorry. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. Mm, it's not quite enough time, but I could maybe still get up there a little bit. So jail, definitely. Yeah, I'd do jail. I would definitely do jail because I feel like, like Auntie Phil said, if you've got, if you're in jail, you're still able to, you know, communicate with people, your family, see them, see them grow. Imagine like being in a coma and then you wake up and then you've got to have everything laid on you. The the amount of different emotions that you're going to go through from not being awake for the last 10 years. And then I have visions of Kill Bill where the people were messing with her while she was in a coma. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, no, no, no. It's it's just it's just too much. It's too it's too weird for me. I'd rather go jail, do my time. I'd get a little job. I'd be someone that you know helped out. Other people. Yeah, well, you can't get a job, and then you get a job. It's whether or not you want the job that they give you. Even if I was just working in the canteen, serving up the mashed potato, that's something. I get a little job. You know what I mean? Like they, like I'd wash clothes. There were there's always a job so that you can get some more. Shackles for you your might just be you might be the worst you might be the worst person in jail. Like, do you know what I mean? You might be the lowest ranking um inmate in jail. Like, what if that's your experience? That's never happening. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other extreme, then you turn into a monster, like, and that's then okay. like, when you okay, come I'll, out, I'll get I'll get counseling and I'll be reformed. It's fine. <laughs> when you come out, you might not be able to go certain countries. That's yeah. okay. There's certain countries I don't want to go anymore anyway. <laughs> Last question, last one, last one. Would you, hang on, where is it gone? Would you rather have everyone be able to read your thoughts or everyone have access to your internet history? Oh, internet history all day long because I, <laughs> I don't search strange things and anything I search is human tendencies. I don't have anything dodgy in my search history, so that's all right. I'm not dodgy. Yeah. If you judge me, you're mad. So that's easy. You are all laughing. That means, but all of you are shady as hell. No, 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 no. no I agree. I, I'm doing the same. Like, like, um, internet over thoughts. Like, absolutely nobody needs to know my thoughts. But internet history, I'm very careful anyway on what I search because I know that they they're quantifying all of that information. So, if there's things that I would like to search, and I will never search it. I will just use my mind to think about it. <laughs> yeah i i i would agree internet history but mm, yeah my thoughts my thoughts are private you know as a as a Ghanaian woman sometimes we give off this smile but behind it we're like really that yeah. person is getting on my last nerve and actually you know yeah, I won't go too much into my thoughts. See, I'm giving them away here. But, yeah, so I think you can have my internet history. Mate. Um, <laughs> I don't want to answer this. <laughs> what have you been searching? I'm, the I'm freaking stuck. I'm a very curious person, so I can end up in all sorts of places sometimes. So, um Ah, the only reason why I would I wouldn't mind my thoughts because I feel like I'm pretty upfront and people know where they stand with me anyway. But it's just how they land for people. That's that's the problem. Do you know what I mean? So you can never control how things actually land. 
Um, but if if I could control that, then yeah, I, I don't mind my thoughts. I'm pretty straight, straight laced. Internet history. Now, I, like I sometimes go down the rabbit hole and I look at some not weird stuff, but just like things that people would be like, "Why are you reading that?" But I, like I can't help myself. Like it would take me from one place to another, and then I'll end up knowing why eggs grow on trees and they don't grow on trees. But that's how far my rabbit hole will go. But um, I feel like with my thoughts, like the rest of you said, apart from Auntie Sade, I feel like if someone's in my thoughts it could be pretty detrimental to my way of life. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, my face will say one thing and I'll have to present a certain, you know, stance. But in my head, I'm thinking, why is this person fucking asking me the same question again? Are they fucking dumb? And I can't really have that projected out loud to the world. So, yeah, internet history all day long. It's not that bad. Yeah. There's also something about your thoughts which are private. You know, the things that you have you know, a conversation with yourself, which is for you, not for anybody else. And, and I think if someone's to get into my head and my thoughts and know what I'm thinking, they'll steal my idea, but they'll also use it against me. And I like to write. And the way when I write, I think about lots of different things, which might, <laughs> yeah, which might be very, very private. I also I... write anonymously. So, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. The thing with what Auntie Shade said actually about um, people just getting it directly, that's a point. Um, and that and then that for me, because I sometimes I find it difficult to speak up. So people already know my thoughts, like, well, you already know what I'm thinking, so I don't have to go through the excruciating awkwardness of delivering messages that I don't that I find hard to message deliver. So I might like a bit of that. And like Auntie Phil said earlier, I'm gonna take half and half. Farah say something. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> okay 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 thank you for the warm-up and now it's time oh who are we welcoming to the family i'm gonna cheat so much because i actually forgot that it was me um but this week i oh, want to sorry. Watch... did you forget it was you oh okay even though it was me it's written down as well today you know what i've had a really busy day and a stressful okay. day but yes perfection sometimes is imperfect i don't I like when other people forget is them you know and uh just dies i was getting scared because i thought it was me i was blatantly like oh, no. i remembered in the moment and i have some backup so okay, okay. Good. in the moment well done okay i always have backup and you know if you guys cover up I'm also good with that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't. Be. <laughs> I have no one. <laughs> I, I feel like yeah, there's, we've got to start some to unpack. Anyway, my person we're, um, I'm welcoming to the family is um, actually Cynthia Arrivo, because at the Emmys this weekend or whatever, she was she just was a picture of reassurance to when Michaela Cole won her Emmy. Yeah, and I don't know what was going? I, can't, I, don't, I actually haven't looked into what was going on. But she was giving look, look like she was giving her a pep talk, making sure she was okay, making sure she was straight, and she was nominated in the same category for um for the acting category. They were both nominated in that space. Um, but I just thought that was a really sweet moment. And generally, if Cynthia Rivo is killing it, I mean, Michaela's killing it, which we'll discuss later. However, Cynthia Rivo is killing it in the game. She just played Aretha Franklin. She's got production coming out. She's she's almost she's one award away from an EGOT. So. Um, yeah, that's an um, Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and Oscar. For those who don't know, um, she's one award away. She's an Oscar away from getting that, and she's young, black, British, and amazing. 
Um, so yeah, welcoming Cynthia. I like that. I like. I like that. Can I just share that um, in 2006, I did a fashion show play called The Creatives, and she was in it. She was um, Juliet's best friend. So it was a take on Romeo and Juliet, but she was Juliet's best friend. So that is my claim to fame. And she was brilliant then. But obviously, it's like you never know where somebody's going to go. She can dance. She can sing. So we kind of had her dancing in it. But, yeah, so that's my little claim to fame. Amazing. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Yay. Salute to that one. Salute. Um, and now it's time for What Have You Heard? And this is where we each pick a new story from the past week or today, and we discuss it and break it down. And I'm actually up first, and it won't be so long. Um, basically... This weekend it was the Emmys and a bit of controversy, as usual, when it comes to these mainstream awards. The lack of, well, actually, there, there were some black winners, to be fair, behind the scenes, but no actors of colour won an Emmy, despite there being a record nominee lineup um, of black actors in all the characters, black and brown actors in all the categories of major acting categories. Um, set aside, Michaela Cole won for Best Limited Series Screenwriting for I May Destroy You, which is amazing. And that's the third time someone of colour has won this and it's the first time a black woman has won and most definitely the first time a black Brit has won so that's huge in itself but behind and behind the scenes there are a lot more winners who are of colour but yeah the visible actors categories are kind of you know were, were all white and again it's that age-old question should we care um do you care uh is it time for people behind does it matter behind the scenes or in front of the camera which is more important and did you even care about the Emmys do awards still matter um, I'll go to Auntie Nana first. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, I have nothing great to say about this, but my first thing is, and you guys can respond to this because most of my thoughts are negative. So I would prefer to not just speak negativity out there, but I really do hate the first of I hate it. I hate it as a sentiment. I don't think it's anything to celebrate. And I would have just preferred that it's like it's celebrated that she won an award. The fact that she's the first black woman to win this to me is really damning and not something to be celebrated. And and it should be the first person that they allowed to win this, not like it's a celebration that, oh, they're seeing us. It really pisses me off. But yeah, that's Generally, on the on the other side, I also don't care, and um, I I don't feel that this is a. I just don't think that we should care about these awards as black people because they're not for us. And why are we, why are we shocked? We like that there wasn't anybody of note kind of celebrated in all of the other categories as well. That yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's it. I just don't care, and I don't think we should care. Auntie Farah. I've got mixed emotions about this because um, I'm incredibly happy for Michaela Cole and I think it's so well deserved because it was a great series, it was written well, acted well, just everything about it was really, really great and touched me as I watched it and her speech was amazing as well, by the way. But the reason why I have mixed feelings about it is because there are so many great black writers. Why is she the first? It's actually quite disgusting that she is the first like yeah I I actually couldn't believe it when they said she's the first one I was like wow really all these other people they've never won anything um and in in terms of is are the awards played out I suppose 
as an actor or a creator in that kind of space, you you do want you know the the your peers to recognise how well you're doing. And we as black people put so much into that space. So our achievements should be you know should be highlighted as much as anybody else's because we you know we're in we're behind the scenes we're on the screen we do everything we put so much into it and have done from since this industry was created so that's why it's like well it should be recognized but then at the same time it's like they're never going to recognize us how we should be and it's there's always going to be some level of tokenism in this in the sense of they're doing it because there's a backlash and then they give us nominations or they're doing it because there's a show out that they can't ignore so then they give us nominations so that is why I feel quite conflicted about it but I suppose it goes back to that age-old thing where we're always saying that we need to do more things ourselves yeah I, I, I'm conflicted is what I'll say. Auntie Shade. Um, yeah I think um, I think we do actually do we have our own shows and stuff, especially in the States and stuff, but it's just how people view them. Do you know what I mean? They don't have the same kind of like social currency as something like the Emmys, um, unfortunately. I just think that you just can't take any sort of award too personally. You just can't, you can't, you can't go with the gas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not really, because it's all political. It's all constructed. Do you know what I mean? So, so you should never really like and i don't think like Makeda and you know she's like the main example i guess here kind of thing i don't think she really does anyway do you know what i mean i don't get the impression from her that she's like super super like oh this is defining me do you know what i mean like um other people do but i think you know i'm happy for her i just think like last year like you're saying auntie power like last year it was on trend wasn't it do you know what i mean it was on trend to have black nominees and black winners and that sort of thing and this year not so much so <laughs> i just think it's just um you know, just uh, reflective of the people that are in control, pushing whatever kind of propaganda they want to push. This year, white people are on trend. So, yeah. Auntie Phil. Mm. I, I'm not too interested in awards shows and things that we have not historically seen ourselves in. What I do is I look on social media to see who's won so I can see black joy afterwards. Um, and I celebrate the individual for the acknowledgement, not celebrating the actual awards show. So it was absolutely beautiful to see Cynthia hold her sister in that moment and so beautiful to hear the words that she said and you know she wasn't even phased that it was the emmys she was talking from what felt like a very authentic her authentic genuine place you know i i'm all about when we don't see ourselves we create those spaces so the Emmys are always going to be there. I think like Auntie Shade said, you know, that social capital, that, you know, that, <clears throat> that currency that the Emmys and the Grammys and all of those things have, who is it accessible for and to? So for me, I just want to see, you know, our brothers and sisters and siblings, you know, win afterwards. And then, yeah, I can celebrate it. I, I don't know. I'm just, I think we put too much emphasis on some of these award shows. And 
it makes it the be all and the end all and that's what we've got to subscribe to or that's what we're working towards when actually you know what we celebrate ourselves every single day and somebody like Michaela and I may destroy we we're talk we've been talking about it for a long time so yeah I, I guess conflicted I'm not I'm not really that interested I'm just happy to see black will be celebrated and held afterwards um yeah i think you guys have said it i'm i i think i'm leaning i'm more like auntie far in that respect because i suppose also when you work in this industry um working to get people seen and, and visible from the space that i work in it's like up until the very last minute i'm like i don't give a damn we it's for us by us all day long um however when it's something that's on the main stage and you know the power and cachet it can bring when you've got these awards Unfortunately, that's the way this, the cookie crumbles. Then it's like, well, no, we we know what this can do for people. Right now, Michaela Cole has pretty much carte blanche to create whatever she wants, when she wants. And it's annoying that it's because the gatekeepers have decided that she's the one that gets through. Because there's also that problem when they let one and they give that one all the power and then they don't give all the others who are maybe equally good or even better in some cases. Um, it's like... But no matter what the case is, she's in that position. And right now in the UK and America, she's got this power that mm -hmm. has been is unfathomable for a lot of other talent, black talent creatives. So I'm glad for her for that, for the power status. Um, and she is someone she's not even she's not even so far, not a reckless black person in power. She's a person that really considers her brothers and sisters on the come up. She's been so far evidentially been able like supported other black creatives insisting on working with black creatives and all across the fields of everything that she works on so she's like in quotes the right person to get all this power if she's going to get that power she's the chosen one but the rest of it is yeah it's as you lot say it's a politics game we shouldn't um let it bother us but i do think there's in everything that we do that we're fighting to be seen and to be heard and just treated as equal there's an element of like no you lot can't get away with this so it's like we can ignore them and then there's that and make ours elevate our own things, which we should do and we do anyway. But there's just something about sticking it to the man and getting on their nerves, which I also enjoy. I find that quite fun. Let's irritate them, let them feel scrambly and like, oh God, I've got to do something. I'm not a fan of first either. It irritates me, just said it because it's there. And I think it's um, unnecessary to have first and all this thing at this late, late stage. I think we should just like stop talking about it because dumb. But um, also it makes them embarrass those who care, embarrassed. So. But does it? But does it? But to that point, does it irritate them? Like they win, they win anyway. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. they get the kudos of of you know if, if a black person wins that wins that category, they get the kudos that they've done something great. So how is it yeah. irritating to them? Do you know? Yeah, what I, mean? I think they sometimes I think when they're backed into a corner, sometimes they just have to be like, oh, God, I've got to do this. I don't think they care on the grand scheme of those things would be different, wouldn't they? A lot quicker, a lot sooner. But I think there's sometimes when it's loud enough, it irritates them. They've got, oh, God. That's an, and then that's when we have those stupid tokenistic years. And I hate that as well, because I'm mm -hmm. like, just because um, I spoke to a black friend about the Emmys this weekend, and they were like, to be honest, I've watched all the shows that were nominated and the ones that won deserve to win. And and he, that's a black person, do you know what I mean? So and there's not and not every black person agrees with every black show that should get every black win yeah. and every black yeah. award. We are not, as we always say, a non-monolith. We don't think the same, and which is fair. So I think just, the the noise that is made afterwards to me just feels quite um, strategic, and I, I really would like black people to just be more 
like invested or just noticing that when we make noise, all you're doing is creating more digital footprint for the shows that have shunned us. And it's just, it, it annoys me that there's so much noise around this that, and, and there's the hashtag Emmy so white. And it's like, you think that's doing something, but it's being used. Our noise is being used. We keep on being used uh-huh. on these, on these platforms because they know we're going to rage. They don't care about our rage. They're like okay. the rage is noise. And it's, it, that's how they get advertisers. Cause it's like, they're not showing what the people were talking about. They're just showing after our show, we had such and such thousand millions of people talking about us. What they're talking about, who cares? It's just digital yeah. footprint. And they know that you can use Black Rage very quickly, instantly, and it spreads like wildfire and you're going to get a digital footprint. And I just wish that more of us were like, actually, we're not going to, we're not going to tweet about this. We're not going to talk about this. Like, it's not for us. Cool. Yeah, great. But I do love the celebration of Michaela. Yeah. And she looks stunning. And any colour she wears is beautiful as well. Yeah, like, the yellow was just right? popping on her skin. Like, literally, she just looked amazing. That that was a great show to watch. But other, everything else, and we know she's an amazing writer. And what she put out to writers is... I was even inspired. I was blatantly thinking and I have no desires to write anything. But I was like, oh, what pain could I write about? Like, it just sat with me, like, maybe I should write something. Like, just because she said it. So, yeah, I, I celebrate her for that. But everything else, who cares? Um, I was just going to add as well, like, Venetia Botang, he's in um, High Life that we um, <laughs> we will talk about later. She done her makeup and has been doing her makeup. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. My head again, because I was literally going to say the same thing. Shout out to her, my new favourite person, seriously. Yeah. And there's an article in Vogue as well, like just yeah. talking about how she got, how she helped Michaela get ready and all that. Yeah, she's doing amazing and She looks beautiful. She looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Michaela does it all the time. Okay, yes. Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Okie dokie. So my story is about the British <laughs> baby shortage that could lead to economic decline, says a think tank. So the Social Market Foundation have done a, um, they've produced a report and it is basically saying that there is a decline in the birth rate and it hasn't been this low for quite some time. Um, Last year it was at 1.5, which is well below the 2.1 replacement level (laughs) needed to keep the population rate stable. So they are now suggesting whether or not we should uh, practice protagonism, I'm probably saying that wrong, which is basically... um, the government encouraging people to have more children and by and the way that they do this is to um you know help them with child fees and and child care and and make it more uh what's the word economically viable for people to have more children mm-hmm. what are your thoughts mm-hmm. who is that who is that for who who um subscribed to that because I don't think they surveyed black people. I think that if they did, they'd be finding out that black women die at the rate of knots when it comes to childbirth, that there's an enormous amount of discrimination against even just the treatment of black people when we go into hospitals. So I'm not quite sure that that's reflective of wider communities. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, de- de- definitely. I, I think um, 
it's interesting, like I was reading through the notes on this and there's other studies that have said similar. So although they're kind of attributing this to like the pandemic and and people not being able to to mix freely and being at home and all of that jazz, everything gets blamed on COVID at the moment, doesn't it? But um, they, they've had this problem for a while, but they, they're they not saying, it, it literally is white women. Like they want to go to white families. That's who they're really talking about because everything suggests you're trying to curtail anyone else from reproducing. When it comes to any other um, ethnicity, it's that we populate too much, that there's too many, that the earth is overpopulated. But then when it's Western countries, then it's like, oh, you know, we need to replenish. Like, talk to your own about that then, because we're all over here. It's actually very dangerous to have a child. I would take the monetary incentives, though, like if it was offered, though I'm 41, I may consider having another two if you were going to pay me a million a year to keep that going. Like I, I would definitely do it. How much are you prepared to pay for for the future generations of humanity to keep going? But again, are they going to be offering that to black people? Who knows? If you really do want to prop up the economy, mm-hmm. um, I think it, we've been evident that we're actually like really good at propping up people's economies as well what we're probably gonna find is when it comes to that shortfall happening then all of a sudden whether it's in our lifetimes or our kids lifetimes immigration doesn't become a thing anymore and then it's open doors and you're just going to repopulate this country and somehow bring in different types of incentives and they're going to have to battle against the people who think they're indigenous like actually being racist like you know, this this is this is funny to me. It's actually laughable. Can I interrupt slightly and just yeah. ask, do, does this study talk about if they're wanting people to have more children, um, does it talk about the sustainability of the upkeep and where people um, actually live, socioeconomics and the way that children can get into schools and that you don't have to have such huge debts if your child is even fortunate to go to university? Of course not. Yeah, so I <laughs> guess... It's not, aiming, it's not aiming in it, like like you said, it is not aimed at us, yeah, is it? Exactly. It's not for us. Because exactly. if it was for us, the money would be invested in finding out why black the the rate of black women who die in childbirth or just after childbirth is what it is they're not Mm -hmm. investing in that they're not looking at that look at the report that was done towards that quite recently they said we know it's happening we recognize it's happening and we know that we have to do something about it but they're not actually doing anything yeah no solutions (laughs) but yet for all this report is saying let's give people more money so that they can you know, pay for childcare so that they can have more children. However, on the flip side of that, if you earn past a certain amount, child benefit gets taken away from you. So then you're screwed, aren't you, in that respect? So, yeah, it's just... Anyway, I'll be quiet for now. Artichado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, this is, you know, for those that watch um, Handmaidens Tell, you'll know that this is the starting of the UK chapter of Gilead, to be honest. Like, that's that's basically what this is. Yeah. I can't see it any other way. This is just absolute nonsense, like fear-mongering propaganda, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, if you cared so much about, you know, 
that if you really cared so much about the people in this country and not just us, like I think pay people properly, reduce taxes, like reduce mm. just general stresses. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Let's kill that debt. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, let's do those things so people can have better quality of life and then be inspired to reproduce on their own terms. Like, it's just that this, this, this whole government, this whole society just literally crushes you as an individual and puts you in a state where you feel like you have to work every second, every minute in order to survive. That's basically it. And then we're bombarded with like nonsensical images all the time to just distract us from the nonsense that we have to go through. So, you know, they could do other things, to be honest. So yeah, I just think it's like an absolute shambles. If they start talking about abortion laws, I wouldn't be too surprised because that's the next step really, isn't it? Look at Texas. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, literally everything you guys said. Um, and actually, when I was looking into it, they were saying that immigration has been helping populations because the brown and the brown and blacks, we seem to be okay and we're creating fine. Even though the studies do say that across the world, there were, there is going to be a decline globally anyway. So it's not that the brown countries and the black countries are immune to this, whatever's happening. However, we're at a much slower rate. So as you guys said, this report is not for us. They're warning the white women to get cracking. But you've You've, as you've all said, they've they've damned women for daring to, they've damned women for so long. Like when I was thinking about my childcare prices, it's a problem. Like, and it's juggling like, and, and also society itself, when you go, when you get a job, when you're a working woman who has aspirations to work and want a career, and then when you want to go on to maternity leave, all of that stigma, you get paid less because I might potentially want to have a child. My performance is judged on whether or not I want a child or not, but then you're telling me I must procreate. What kind of distance is this? It's just so, um, contradictory and insulting and rude to women we haven't had a fair lot in life um i don't know you guys have pretty much said all of it is the whole thing is look at the poverty numbers look at the world that we're living in. there's a lot of people that are concerned about the actual world we live in and leaving i'm actually concerned about what world the world's going to be like when i die and my child has left to raise my grandchildren in this state what kind of world are they coming into we've we've all talked about leaving this earth because it's shit right now it's broken it's dirty it's polluted humans are trash our governments have no control we're led by disgusting men you know and whether you're left liberal or right wing whatever the case all of you lot of fuckers and it's just what kind of world are we leaving for kids why would you want to raise kids and children young people today are so bombarded with the anxiety of what life is supposed to be like like they're just trying to make it from a to b and all this stress means that i'm not going to want to have kids even your hormones and your mindset and how you feel it's going to be so off balance to even bring a child into this earth safely. And as we've mentioned, um, mothers dying at birth. And yes, the high numbers are higher for black women, but also it affects white women, too. So it's not that it, 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 it misses them. There's also problems there. You go into hospital and it might not come out alive because of the state of the NHS. Imagine. So there's so much things at stake that these people are going to slap on these laws and force us to have um, encouraged births and stuff like that. But without thinking, fix the fucking world. Because you're talking about no abortions and all that type of shit. Have you got a world that these children who are going to be born in mad situations, how are they going to survive? Do you provide free therapy for anyone? Is it in, in, is introduced into the curriculum? All these type of things. So, yeah, I could go on. Auntie Farah. Yeah, I mean, everything that you guys have said, if you look at um, the, the rate of poverty in this country, like just, just last year and um, this year, people were talking about being able to feed children whilst they're on holiday from school 
<laughs> that, that's that's one thing to look at. The housing in this country is disgusting. You've got people living in like they've got slum landlords. There is no social housing. It's all going to you know they're building all these rich mansions that nobody lives in because it's a tax write off. That is a that is a problem in itself. Um, you've got the conservatives wanting to cut benefits by um, what is it um, universal credit by twenty pounds because they think that twenty pounds isn't anything because twenty pounds is probably a packet of cigarettes to them and they don't understand how much that is to to a working class family who just can't afford to do without that twenty pounds yet for all they they're looking at places like France where they're giving them birthing grants which are the equivalent of nine hundred and ten pounds now. How much is that over the course of a year? What's that going to do if you have another mouth to feed? If you, <laughs> if your utilities bills are higher because you have more children, um, and then you know you can't you, you can't afford to send your children it's into higher education, and then when you get to a certain when they get to a certain age, you're being charged bedroom tax, so you're being cut there. There's so many things that are just that they need to fix rather than looking at the birth rate. And again, it's not really for us, but. It will affect us because like Auntie Sade said, I can guarantee you somewhere down the line, the next step will be them talking about abortions. Because let's face it, England follow whatever it is that they do in America. So, yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, OK, so you start putting out these think pieces out and then it's like we have to we have to save these these unborn children. And so then we're going to start cutting down the the time that you're able to self-regulate with you want an abortion like we're going to start cutting that down I don't know if they'll go as drastic as Texas but that will probably be you know they'll give it a little while and that will start to be a conversation around the world all these 28 percent of countries that should have a pro-natalistic and who even heard of that but a pro-natalistic <laughs> stance and policies maybe that's a part of it pro-natalistic um policies are then you start cutting down on abortions and um making it harder to get uh incentives for money it will be like women stay at home again you can't yeah, work. definitely yeah and it's like western societies don't encourage family life like it's not encouraged. It's so singular. Capitalism is singular. It's the I, I and I succeed, and damn everybody else. It's very. Um, we're not set up for family in this in this in this in Western territories. It's not. Like Maybe that. they'll start doing that though. They'll start doing like tax incentives for like families and marriage and, Ooh, and, and you, all of that. I mean, they're supposed to have that now, and they don't. It's bullshit, isn't it? Uh, I thought there was honestly right. when I was getting married people were going on like you can get something for this it was like the only thing I got was the name change and that only lasted a little while before credit caught oh, me what... again but it is like <laughs> literally aren't there supposed to be some incentives and I think I've... as someone I know that was single then now and then now married is like yeah the amount of stuff that they've lost now becoming a couple 500 pound a month isn't it yeah yeah 500 pound a month because now they're a couple and I always remember that. Uh, what's the film? Ah, uh, Claudine, is it? With um, anyway, I think it's Claudine. It's an old school American film, and how you know the state in intervened in the family. So getting your benefits and stuff is more lucrative than being married because you lose everything. So like, and having a two point four family, all that type of shit. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, it's interesting that you guys touched on immigration, because in on these stats they're talking about um, in the 60s and the fact that the, the birth rate hasn't been as high as in the 60s. That's because in the 60s you had all your, your, your um, what's it called? Your, what's it called? 
Commonwealth countries, you okay. called for people from the Commonwealth to come and rebuild your country, didn't you? Like in the 50s and the 60s. And that's why the birth rate went up. So Priti Patel is on her high horse trying to get rid of people. And then very soon she's been calling for them in a minute because the birth rate's so low. Mate, let's get the comments. Um, okay, so doo -doo 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 -doo. well, hello everybody. Anyway, if you're here, say hi, please, because we get we get a lot of hellos, you know. Um, Zell says, uh, well said, Auntie Shade, on the pressures of this Western life, and then says they used to they they used to married. There used to be a married person allowance, but they removed that incentive some time ago. Yeah, I think I remember that. I think I remember that at one point. And I mean, they need, to, they need to introduce a, a good man policy for those of us who like men and shit like that, because the dicks are, the dicks are in low, low, low um, abundance and <laughs> low abundance. and also health-wise, they, they always default to policies and legacies. Health-wise, I mean, I think I had read a study about fertility being low anyway in this, in this new modern society, all the crap mm -hmm. that we're eating, our bodies aren't right. How about making a comfortable environment for our health and stuff like that? I think- But also, if you and remember also, last week, sorry to interrupt you, Auntie Nana was talking about, like we were talking exactly. about how expensive it is, like yes. if you were trying to have a child and if you're not, if you don't have like an abundance of savings, you get a one shot with the NHS. So yes. let's talk about that and let's talk about the fact that maybe women want to look into their, their, their fertility rate before they get to 30. Let's talk about, let's look at all of these factors before you start chatting shit about <laughs> we're going to give you a hundred and whatever it more pounds so you can go off and have a baby, but we're not going to support you in any other way. We're not going to pay for your kid to go to university. You're going to be in debt. You're gonna, we're going to charge you for having more children in your house. Let's look at all that shit. Well, they want to pay health workers and nurses and midwives a yep. proper wage instead yeah. of just clapping this for them. This one percent nonsense. Exactly. Can I just say, did we ever really talk about the clapping on a Thursday? Did we go into that? We probably did. At yeah, the time, no, we did. Like well, the nonsense of it. Nonsense. Like, sometimes it pops in my head and I get really angry that on a Thursday I was hearing pots and pans being clapped. <laughs> it just bugged me. But okay, okay. Yeah. We spoke about it. <laughs> yeah. Auntie Nana, what have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my one's like, uh, it's a serious one. We've, uh, I think probably I've gone over three different stories about Haiti um, this year alone. But, like, the latest one is really what's going on in Texas at the moment. And it's the Haitians are coming through the um, Mexican and, Texaco, and Texas border. And they, they're stuck underneath a bridge. And in the last eight days, it started off where it was generally about 1,000, 700 to 1,000 people a day were, were finding themselves on this bridge. And then were either you go through asylum um, in America, or they were being sent back to Haiti. And then following on from that, the Biden administration came back and said that they weren't going to be sending people back to Haiti because it was considered an unstable country. So that news spread in Haiti and more Haitians followed through and came through the border to, to Texas. And they're all being held under this bridge Literally in Texas, it's so it's called the Del Rio. Um, it's just so inhumane. 
it, it felt like literally like they're kind of kettling them in this space. And then now the administration have started to do impromptu um, um, deportations of Haitians back to Haiti when it wasn't so long ago, it was just four months that Biden said that this was an unstable country, but they're sending them back and they have set forth that within the next five weeks, they should basically clear that space. They're just sending them all back to Haiti. So that my question to you guys is really like, has the the Biden administration like just let down black people? And also following on from that is where's the noise from the black celebrities that was were rallying black Americans to vote for this Biden administration? Where are they condemning this kind of action against fellow black people? Quickly, last remember last week or the week before I said that this is Biden doing any? Is he paving the way conspiracy theory for um, Trump to make a return because he's doing? It seems like a shit job. It's like I'm usually I'm very invested in American politics. I've got no will to live to get involved in anything. Normally I follow it quite closely. It's really unclear what that what Biden's points are, what kind of targets he's hitting or missing. I don't get. I just see a lot of misses and wishy washiness. Um, so I don't know what part of the agenda this is. Um, I don't think he's failed black people because I don't think he ever had black people on the table, which is what some of the people were trying to do, like the ice cubes and, on the, and the like were trying to say, let's get an agenda on the table. However, their delivery and how they were going about it didn't kind of work either because it wasn't about Trump versus Biden. It was like, actually, let's get something on the table for black folks without those people involved kind of thing. But um, so I don't think he's let anyone down. I don't think I had any expectations for him. I think we, what everyone wanted was reprieve from Trump. So there's that. So everyone's like, let's get anyone, just anyone is anyone would be better than Trump. I don't think people really understood what, and it's less easy to have someone liberal, you think they're liberal, you think liberals are always going to do better, but we know that they're not. We know that they're both same coin with just different outputs, mm-hmm. kind of, and then could come back to the same beginning. Um, in regards to the black celebrities, yeah, where are they? Uh, but, I, I, but I think, I don't know, I think globally everyone's apathetic. I think everyone's tired. We've had a pandemic. But lots to deal with after two years. So maybe it's too much to ask that people need to be to get on their high horse about something. And unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen post-pandemic that I don't know if people have got the energy for. Because I think a lot of things have been happening. And people are just like, because there's been more deaths at the hands of police in America, and there's more stabbings and there's more killings, there's more stuff and shit happening. The abortion thing. I think everyone's just damn fucking tired and just exhausted from all the shit that's happened for the past two years. So maybe we just need a year's break. And unfortunately, shit might fall for the crap for people to get on a high horse and start talking about stuff because I think people are tired. But then there's also the fact that celebrities sometimes are loud about some things. And when they can't feel they can't take action or do enough, then they're quiet on other things. We know this. A lot of countries like Caribbean and Africa, they don't always get the same amount of attention unless someone's really connected. And if that someone connected is a bigger name, that can affect you know, that people that gets people's attention and stuff like that. Mm. Auntie, anybody else? <laughs> Auntie Charlotte. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, well, it, it's Texas, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like it, it it's just I think they they've purposely done this and captured this visual for like it this is just so unfortunately it just seems like so staged and so kind of do you know what i mean like purpose purposely done to show how brutal that they're prepared to be and how they are separating themselves from what is seen as the status quo of the united states that that's 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 
that's for sure. If if Texas goes through it being an independent country, I would not be surprised because they're just like they they literally the heart of Gilead. I'm, I'm telling you that this is them. But anyway, but I think I think um I think that they they they've purposely done this. I think it's a little. Uh, I do think it's a little bit early to kind of start calling out people. I know that probably doesn't give comfort to to, to people at all, but th this has literally gone viral from last night. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like you will start to see people come and speak out. I know your you know your usual types like um, I've seen a lot of like hate um, some celebrities from Haiti like Jesse Wu and stuff kind of things that like say things I've seen Amanda Seals but you'd expect it from them I, I I kind of think but I think you'll see more people um standing up and saying something um shortly in terms of like is this part of I, I, you know I think black people are always going to be felled by anyone in power. I just think that this is a lesser evil, which I've maintained. Like it's just a lesser evil than Trump at the end of the day, um, and it's just it's just difficult. I think Haiti has always been seen by the US as a separate thing, as you were saying, Auntie AK. I don't think they see it as the same. For some reason, it just seems like. That it's like that they hate it. <laughs> they actually hate Haiti. They will not help them. They're they're committed to the to the destruction of that little island. Like I, I just don't understand it. It's it's really there's probably something we don't know that's going on there. Like putting my conspiracy hat on. Like do you know what I mean? Is the like the fountain of youth there or something? Like what the fuck is it? Do you know what I mean? Because they seem to be committed to destroying it. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's just insane. So I think there's those added things. And I, but I think that that separation or the dehumanization of um, Haitians is is deliberate. Do you know what I mean? I think it's totally deliberate, and it's been going on for years. So I do think like maybe the average person might not necessarily immediately sympathise. But I think images like that, it's hard not to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's hard to that's hard to ignore, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So you know, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. I think, do you yeah. mind if I come in here? Yeah, I think that your question around um, Biden, has he failed black people? I don't think that I was ever thinking about, is he going to be looking after black people? Um, I think when you appoint somebody who is two days younger than God um, and say that you're going to be leading the country and he can't remember what his surname is sometimes it's very difficult you know it is the lesser of two evils and of course his policies seem slightly better than Trump's and you know there was a big play on who his vice president was but America has some deep-rooted history that is so toxic that anyone that is going to lead that country would need to burn it down like phoenix ashes and start all over again and that's not going to happen because they see themselves as a superpower country um and the the leader of the free world whatever that is really supposed to mean when it comes to haiti and celebrities i guess you know, people will speak out if they want to speak out. Um, Auntie AK, you're right. There's so much going on. And maybe we're placing a lot of emphasis on celebrities being the voice of reason. 
um, I guess I'd like to see Oprah Winfrey because it's about who has power and influence to be able to change the trajectory. Haiti is a is a small island that has been through so much. And I guess one of the reasons why it's been battered, bruised, left untouched, human rights violations left, right and centre is because of their status of when they claimed independence. The way they took back their country and said, we are going to do this. We no longer wish to be under your colonial rule. But in doing that, what happens under white supremacy, there's this fear that actually, could they be better than us? So we're going to teach them a lesson. We're going to withdraw our resources. We're going to withdraw our aid because you said that you wanted independence and we're going to let you do it by yourself. So when there's a hurricane, a volcano, a, a, a crime against humanity, no one is rushing to go and fix and support Haiti. So it might take Wycliffe John, John you know, a whole heap of time and money to be able to fix certain parts of it. But the Americans are not going to run to their aid. When you have an ex-president who shall remain nameless that calls it a shithole, then and you've got half of the Americans or more than half of them who agree with everything they, that that person said, they're not going to want to invest. They're not going to lobby and advocate for change in countries where, you know, that change is needed based on, you know, colonial rule. So it's um it's a difficult one. And people are tired. People are exhausted. We are seeing so much death of black and brown people, so much crimes against black and brown people that we almost don't even know what to do next. We don't know when we turn on the news, do we post about this or do we just deal with our own mental health and well-being and try and get through the day? Do we lobby our own MPs and parliamentarians or do we just say we're fighting a losing battle because we've got small C conservatives and Pretty Patel who couldn't give two tosses about black and brown people anyway, so we can't even send her in to negotiate and have conversations. I think it's so complex um, and really quite difficult that it needs more investment into organizations and i don't say this as a shameless plug because i lead a charity which is a human rights charity but it needs more investment into ngos um that can do some of this work behind the scenes because this is what happens the advocacy the lobby and the diplomatic engagement doesn't happen just because a celebrity has said, you know what, this is bad and how dare you? It happens because you have got legislators and policymakers behind the scenes being lobbied to say this needs to change. Otherwise, you are breaching human rights conventions and charters. So I, I don't know. I'm going off on a rant right now, but I, I'm, so, I'm so hurt by what I've seen. It almost looks like you know, today's slavery of what happened, you know, 400 years ago, when you see those images of, uh, you know, a white man on a horse with a whip, mm. is whipping people into, you know, into a state, it's, it's painful. What can we do? What's the solution? 
I guess there are charities, there are organizations who are doing the work behind the scenes. And you, we, you know what, we also have to think about not just the bigger picture, it's who is going to be most, most marginalized and harmed and hurt by all of this, women and girls, the disabled, the ones who are seen as most vulnerable in these situations where people are crossing borders to make sure that they can survive, not even thrive, just survive from what's happening in Haiti. So yeah, Biden, two days younger than God, and toxic legacy of, of the history of America and independence of Haiti. It's a, um, it's a pot for disaster because of those who hold the power. Fair dues. Auntie Nella, Auntie Fora, I can't remember who hasn't spoken. I was just going to say, I, I mean, I totally agree with everything you, you guys have said. It's, it, it's almost as though there are so much things that we don't know. Haiti is being continuously punished for the fact that they sought freedom when they sought freedom and the way that they went about it, continuously punished. Now, don't get me wrong. I can't stand when people start saying that there's voodoo and there's all of this crap. And that's that's the reason why Haitians are suffering. That is nonsense. They are being punished because they sought freedom. Mm -hmm. they, are, they, be, they are being deprived of their basic human rights. I'm so glad you mentioned the actual footage of seeing people, white men on horses with whips. Now, I have not seen this in, for any other people, any other race of people who are seeking refuge in another country, they've never been harrowed like this with whips. Who that? It, it basically does look like a scene from a slave film, or you know, it, it, it's it's so inhumane. These people are fleeing, you know, a hurricane, a, um, an earthquake, all these natural disasters. They're fleeing and trying to get reach a place where they can just be safe and and have you know, a place where they can thrive for their children. Like, I'm sure if they if they could, they would stay at home, but they're just in a place where they can't. And then they're, when they're getting to the land of the free, as they keep wanting to call it, they're being met with people on horses with whips who are not trying to allow them to be free at all in the slightest. And it's, and it's like Auntie Shade said, this is Texas. I'm not even surprised that this is happening in Texas because Texas... The laws that they have in Texas and the legislation that they have in Texas is so far removed from anything that you would call humane. You know, they, they want they want it to go back to before 1864. That's what they're that's what they want. If you look at how the Texans treat Mexican people, well, let's not forget Texas was part of Mexico until it was sold. Let's not forget that. They tell Mexicans that you're invading your, you know, they want to build walls and all these things, but Texas is part of Mexico. So the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, the thing about Biden and is he doing damage? Unfortunately, under Title 42, which is the Trump era migration policy, the Border Patrol, they are working within the, the realms of the law that they have at the moment, which is to not accept anybody. And if this is due to coronavirus and all of this stuff. Don't get me wrong. How they're going about it is totally insane. But they would say, well, this is what the law is. And they were not accepting these people because this is what the law says. So last week, a federal judge ruled that the policy shouldn't apply to families, but the decision does not take effect for another two weeks. So because of that, this is why they're saying things like, 
we're going to act now and we're going to clear this, clear these people because in two weeks time, they won't be able to operate under the same policies. So, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about celebrities saying things because like you said, it's not just about a celebrity standing up and saying this is wrong. It's about everything else that is done behind the scenes to actually make a real change and stop this shit from happening. It is a continuous thing that is happening to the Haitian people and it is just like upsetting and just I, my heart just continuously goes out to them. What, what I found really surprising while I was researching this, um, so the, the images of the guy on the horse whipping the black man, that kind of landed first, that's what I, I saw. And then going down the rabbit hole looking into this, it's like most of those images actually came from Fox News. And when you do searches for CNN, CBS, all of that, they are really rep reporting this very little, minuscule reports on this. And it's Fox that actually have gone in on this. And now there's a, a ban on drones actually being able to, to film it. So once the first pictures from the drones came out, that again was all put out on Fox. And then the, a, a ban came on drones that you can't actually film these camps. That, that's why it feels, it is very deliberate and it's really sadistic that this is taking place. But also it's the, the way that the news is, um, the media is actually like working along with this administration to hide this from people that it's taking place. However, it's going to be resolved or on which side of the political spectrum you sit. It's just that this is an inhumane practice that is going on. And if I lived in that area and this is taking place, I would also want the federal government, the government, the mayor, everybody to be seeking some type of solution to what's happening. There are women in there. There are people having babies. There's children caught up in this area. They have limited resources. And it just, it does feel really... Um, planned in some way like you're going to allow this crisis to take place and then you're going to introduce really draconian laws on immigration because this crisis took place putting the news out that you're not going to be deporting people to Haiti and then you start deporting people you know there's a crisis there people are going to be like actually if we make it over we're going to be able to seek asylum in the U.S. And then you negate on that. It's just like it's you've created. And the fact that the guy was even assassinated and the, the, the president was assassinated. It's like that's been kind of led to some type of American intelligence. It's got something to do with foreign policies. All of this, you've destabilized the country. And then there's a natural disaster. And then they're, they're not able to seek asylum as well. It just feels like you're, you're going all in to destroy these people. It's such a small base. But at the same time, I am like, what's happening with um, Dominican Republic? You are next door. Why is there not that migration that way? Like, it's, it, it hurts my heart. But each time I see Haitians going through things, I feel it spiritually. Like, literally, you, you're doing this. It feels outside. It's foreign. But they're doing it to us. These are, it's our ancestors' foundation. Like, they're all a part of us. And I feel like it really destabilizes the global African community. All of us feel when a large amount of us are being treated so sadistically and unfairly. And it's just, it's not even like I have a plea for the kind of big global stars, the Americans, to really go in on this. But 
it's the way they went in on voting for Biden, like he was going to be a saviour of sorts. And it's just disappointing that when he does disappointing actions, there isn't the same reaction to him. Like if this was Trump, this would be everywhere. We would all be talking about how racist Trump is. Look at what he's doing. But there doesn't seem to be that same type of backlash because it's, it's Biden. And also I am like, where is Kamala in this? Like we we should be holding, these are who she was saying was her brothers and sisters before when she was appealing to the global um, immigrant community, the, the, you know, the different settlers in America, she was really like appealing to them for the votes. And when their brothers and sisters are being ill-treated, where is this stand that this this shouldn't be going on? Like you have 13,000 people flipping living on a riverbed. Like that's disgusting. In what is supposed to be the free world, is supposed to be the richest country in the world, has so much landmass. How is this even allowed to happen? Like this isn't taking place in Bosnia or something. It's literally happening in America. It, it shouldn't be that we're even like, this should be able to take place in this day and age. Like, I wish there was another world police that would see this as this is crimes against humanity and does something to America for doing this. But, you know. But the problem is as well, is that people are so used to black pain, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Black pain. So a lot of them are desensitised by it because it doesn't affect them. Oh, that's them over there. And if I put my conspiracy hat on as well, and you look at what's going on in Texas, one week we're talking about, you know, no one is, where's all the protesters about this six week abortion rule? And then the next week you've got Fox News pumping out these images of this disgusting behavior that's happening in Texas. If I put my conspiracy hat on there, it's like you've all said, it's all very planned, isn't it? It's all very, very planned. I just want to add as well, like, it's interesting of Texas, of all the places, why are they not using guns? Do you know what I mean? It's very deliberate using a whip. That's yeah. It's just yeah. very deliberate, that that oh, cool. message, and planting the seed of inferiority. That's, that's basically it. Absolutely. I think that it's always been, like I said, we've got white men with huge egos. I like you lot try to challenge us when we try to dominate you and you're cheek to dare to show independence. It's a warning sign to any other black country that wants to, or black people in general, that wants to feel that they can assert themselves. Because they've all that's always been the thing that the, the white supremacists are always scared of the fact that one day we are going to wake up and be like, fuck you on mass and just go nuts on them. So it's like they've always got this little bit of, propaganda to make sure that we understand that this is what we're going to do to you if you even dare try. Um, let's get the comments and move on to the next one, please. Uh, okay, so, so, hi everybody that says hi. Um, Shelly says it's awful. I saw uh, they, were, they were on horses whipping them. And Nicola asked, what, has, uh, what is Kamala saying about anything? Um, to which Zell responded, Nella. Um, and said, if she has, I'd be very surprised. Um, Shelley also says, I don't live in England. Are they reporting it on English news channels? I first saw it on an Afri- um, a pan-African um, page. Um, Candice also said, I've only seen it on black social media. Um, I think I saw it on now, this is news. That's where I saw it, basically. I ain't seen it on BBC, so let's see what happens there. Yeah. 
Um, um, and Ronald says, Fox um, doesn't give a shit about Haitians. They are only airing the footage, footage because they think it will embarrass the Biden administration. Right. Absolutely. And um, Nicola said, yes, Kamala really doubled down on um, here uh, on her Caribbean roots too. All right, Auntie Shade, what have you heard? Yes, so my story is about, you know, our lovable, <laughs> not <laughs> annoying uncle <laughs> slash dad, um, Thomas Markle, <laughs> Thomas Markle Sr., father to Meghan Markle, um, who, you know, you know, he does, you know, he does a few interviews and that sort of thing. He always got something controversial to say, usually at the wrong time. He was recently on an Australian news channel, I think it was Channel 7 on their breakfast show, and he basically said that, and then this is allegedly, let me just put that out there, but he he said his word from his mouth. Uh, I'm paraphrasing though, <laughs> was that the whole thing, all the interviews that he done and everything that he was doing, that he basically, it was a setup and he was set up and the aim of the whole setup was to destroy the wedding. And he went on to name two individuals, one of them I think sure is Australian, but he went on to name them. And basically what has happened now is that the Australian news channel has actually apologized. They've pulled every single version of that interview from the internet, it seems, from all of their channels. When you search it on some links, they don't even work. They go to 404. Um, and um, I just want to know, what do you guys think? Do you think he's telling the truth? Do you think it was a setup? Do you think he was in on it? Um, so yeah, sorry, not su su super deep, but just a light one. Um, yeah, do you think Meg? I'm sorry, Thomas Markle was set up? Do you think he was used in his? Um, yeah, in 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 the portrayal of Meghan and her wedding and the general vibe about her. What a lot, man, Auntie Phil. Let's go to you. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd come to me because you know that I'm not a royalist. Um, <laughs> I, I say, I, I've not heard or followed that part of the story. Was he used? I think maybe he allowed himself to be used. Um, maybe he needed some coin and some change. And maybe he's upset with his daughter and wanted to get back at her. And this was the way he could do it. I, I don't I don't follow the royals in this way. Um, can I just say I, I'm not really interested in in him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not going to pay my bills. But I, I love the fact that you brought it up. But yeah, I yeah I just don't follow him. Fair, Artifara. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. The man knew he was being used. He welcomed it because he wanted the leisure. He wanted the money. That's what he wanted. He wanted to get paid. And he was happy to throw his daughter and his future grandchildren and present grandchildren under the bus whilst doing it. Let's not forget, this is a man that makes comments about a woman that he hasn't had any time with in how many years? You know, like, he's been on every channel talking mess <laughs> from the beginning. So for him to now come out and say, oh, I was set up, that's not new news. You set yourself up, bruv. Let's be real. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I've got nothing to say about it. It's just him trying to make himself relevant in another way. I've just got no time for him, his stories, the Australian news channel that spoke about, I've just like Fox, any of them, I've got no time for it whatsoever. Him and his other daughter can shut up. Nano, Auntie Nano. I'm, I'm just overly glad that it was the white parent that had this happening with, because... You know, if it was the other way around and she had a black dad and he was as messy as this, it would have been affecting all of us. Like, so I'm glad it's him. I'm glad he's the one. I mean, they, they do kind of put him under like trailer trash, but I don't think he is. I think he's actually like a standard middle class American, really. But he's just as messy as hell. So that's all I thank the heavens for. Whoever used him, whatever. Great. It's cool. Just as long as it wasn't a mum that was messy. That's great. And I love that her mum has locks. Like, it's just the optics of her black family, although we haven't seen all of them. But when you go digging, you see her black family. They're very black. And I'm glad for that. And I'm glad it wasn't the black side that was being messy as hell. Yeah, the black side's been quiet. <laughs> they know what size their bread's buttered on. Um, uh, yeah, I'm again, that the guy is just, I would say, relevant. I have zero. I don't even really know about this story. Um, whatever the case is, he's lying. That's how I say. Allegedly, but he's lying. Allegedly, he's lying. Um, Auntie Shadow. <laughs> well, I think I think yeah, they've done a very good job of killing the story. Like they they've killed it completely. Because really and truly, like if you think about the buzz that Harry and Meghan make, this should be front page news in the UK for sure. Do you know what I mean? And it hasn't it hasn't made it. Um, so that just tells me that probably Rupert Murdoch or something was just like, nope, that one's not going in and just killed it all, <laughs> all, all around the globe, basically. Um, I think he probably was set up to be honest, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that he's necessarily like a good, decent person, but I probably, I would bet that he's been put in a compromising situation and he just done what he thought would be best for that situation at time, because it's so easy for these, you know, we've, we've seen like, you know, phone tapping scandals and, you know, do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff that, you know, those, those newspapers used to do, well, probably still do, but before laws actually came into place to protect people, um, what they're capable of. They're the scum of the earth when they want to be, do you know what I mean? So what makes it any different for him? Do you know what I mean? Although it's not great. And I, and I understand why Megan's kept her distance of course, do you know what I mean? But like, I just wouldn't be surprised if he got caught up. The thing is though, he did get set up initially because the same press that came to him and hounded him and wanted to, and did all these things, tried it with the mum. It's no different that like, they, they attacked them both in the same way, but he fell for it and went for the coin. So but you what's he like more on him? What if he's got like some skeletons or something, or maybe he's protecting someone? Do you know what I mean? My point, my point is, no parent, no good parent is going to sit there and sell your child. They're just not going to do it, and that's what he did. He sold it for coin. So I don't give a damn what he's got to say after that. And on that note, <laughs> let's move on to the next bit, which I think Auntie Phil's going to enjoy this. Oh, no, I have a problem with my thing. Oh, no. Anyway, I'm going to do it a cappella. 
Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's, Auntie's getting your business. business. Auntie's oh, getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. <laughs> I lost my things. I thought you were going to be. Dull. And this is why, Auntie Phil, off air before we started, I apologised for what was to come. Sorry. I understand now. E even my dog looked up like to say, <laughs> "What is going on here?" Oh my gosh! I don't. Know, but you know what? I'm going to clap for you because Thank I you. celebrate all of our talents. Yeah. And fails. Okay. <laughs> That's very I, nice and gracious I, for you to say, but they're I, embarrassing. <laughs> the way that you've ingratiated yourself into our family, the way that you feel like you could come for me, I feel like you need another round of auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Auntie's getting your business. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. Lie down, lie down. It's you guys are scaring the dog. That's really bad. You should be saying, like, RSPCA are going to come for you. Oh, oh you guys are so wrong. That was lovely. You can do it again, but you know, maybe we just have like a private kiki and we can. <laughs> Auntie Phil, we're going to have words off air with you. We know that Auntie Phil is going to go soon. So this is where we get into your business, Auntie Phil. This is your interviews, your time in the spotlight. We're just oh. going to ask you a few questions and keep it cracking because we want to get to know you, get to know who you are. And why have we invited this phenomenal, amazing person to join the aunties today? Auntie Shada, you're up first. Oh, my gosh, this is like mastermind. Of course. Um, okay, so my I'm just going to get straight into it, Auntie Phil. Tell us, in your own words, what are you known for, for the people that don't know? I am known for, God, this is a bit sort of narcissistic, isn't it? You know, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm known for co-founding UK Black Pride. UK Black Pride is the largest leading celebration in the whole of Europe for queer Black and POC people of African, Asian, Caribbean, Middle East, and Latin American um, descent who just love to show joy, to celebrate their queerness, their blackness, that they're POC, to also challenge all forms of inequalities that hurt and harm them. Um, and yeah, we're just we're loud and we're proud and we're queer and we're bold and we're brave, we're resilient, we're beautiful, we're we're just everything and more. Thank Love you. Love that. Um, I have another question, just quickly. Um, but we obviously we've done a bit of research and we was looking at all your titles and all your awards that you've done. And there's a there's a couple, you know, there's a couple. She's got awards, you know. Um, so, but there was I'm not one. The first, I'm, say that again. I'm not the first though. No, no, no. You're not the. You're not. You're not the first. That's and and that's good. Um, but I did wonder. There was like mention that you were supposed to get an MBE and you refused. And I wanted to know, <laughs> Auntie to Auntie, like why did you refuse that that particular title, that particular 
Oh my gosh, you're going to make all the aunties go for me. I had this already from my mum because I didn't accept. So she couldn't wear her kente cloth with her matching bag and shoes to go into the palace and probably steal something back. <laughs> so, look, um, I don't subscribe to MBEs, OBs, CBs and other things. Mm. I take nothing away from those who have accepted theirs. Mm. But when you think about um, the colonial legacy and what empire actually means and the fact that my work is about human rights, my work is about um, equity, equality, justice and freedom, I couldn't really accept something that elevates itself over the people that I serve. Mm. I also think that there's such a toxic legacy around around this and given that the queen who still presides over many many countries there has not ever been a real apology or an acknowledgement for the brutalization of our people and there is also still over 60 nine countries in the world um, that continue to criminalize LGBT plus people. LGBT plus is lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people. The plus also includes our intersex and our queer and our um, asexual and so forth family. So for me, how could I possibly accept something that's about the empire and then go out and start preaching and beating down doors saying that, you know, racism's bad and so forth. I, so for me, I just couldn't. Yeah. My mum was vexed and she's still vexed, but it's, it's okay. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of principle and I'm a principled woman. Um, you don't have yeah. to accept certain accolades to feel that you've made it. And unless those three letters are gonna behind your name is gonna pay off your mortgage, <laughs> help me finish paying off my daughter's uni fees, and also, you know, make me think about that old Provident loan that I took many, many years ago. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, I don't really think I will um be there for it. <laughs> I, love love it. I love it. I love it. You are amongst fellow people. We've yeah. said yes. multiple times. Exactly. I will deny any kind of MBEBCBDB award that comes exactly. my way. We all said it. Love um, Okay, so what do you want the world to know about you? Oh. Um. And it could be on a grand scale or on a little scale. Like people like you, maybe like an assumption. Like, what do you actually want people to know about you? <laughs> Ooh, that's I'm kind of private. Maybe that the world should know that I'm in love with Queen Latifah and I want her to leave her partner for me. Um, <laughs> um, I I want the world to know that you know what I'm constantly reimagining a brilliant and a better future for us as black people. Um, and I want everyone to be along on that journey. Um, not my journey, but our journey. Yeah, that's fair. I and that. um, I love what you said. Um, oh, by the way, have you met Queen Latifah before? Yeah, I, I go to sleep and I have dreams, yeah. And... <laughs> no, no, no question, no judgment. No, <laughs> no. Not, yet, not yet, but I will do. Um, I want like, quick, to quickly ask, 
So like this pissed me off the other day. Boy George made a song appealing to our Ghanaian president to improve the conditions for guardian LGBTQ people. So my, from my perspective, as a cisgendered white, I mean, white woman, black woman, straight up, I was like, white woman, wow. Sorry, um, I was gonna be like, what? Okay. I'm so used to saying cisgendered white, it's not, not applying it to myself, so anyway. Anyway, from my perspective, my perception as a hetero woman, whatever, I thought he should mind his white privileged business. However, others say that we all need privileged allies from whichever marginalized group we're from. So how do you feel about Westerners meddling in African affairs when it comes to LGBTQ politics? And I want to steal a bit from, because Auntie Farah had a bit on her. So I'm stealing from you, Farah. Um, That's okay. You steal from me. You've been doing it for decades. Crack on. And then something about, you know, like the resistance. Is there any resistance that you and your charity, Kaleidoscope International Trust, have come, again, come up against in some of the countries you're fighting for equality in? So, yeah. So, first of all, just a disclaimer, Boy George, when he put that song out um, afterwards, he then approached myself and some of the uh, the queer Ghanaians. I think, I think, <laughs> I think sometimes well-meaning um, is what people do, but well-meaning can also be dangerous. Um, but he genuinely wants to do something to help. Um, I think that he just could have thought about having the conversations first. Because even as a, a, a Black, British-born Ghanaian woman, when I'm speaking about issues relating to what happened with the Ho 21, what's happening in Ghana right now what, with the arrests and the criminalization, I was interviewed on Ghana News and the presenter said, but we get this all the time. Why are you coming with this Western approach? You don't live in Ghana, so how can you speak about Ghanaian issues? And I take that on board really in a, in a big way because we have to make sure that those on the ground who are suffering these injustices, that their voices are amplified. If they feel frightened and they give us the permission to speak on their behalf, then absolutely we will do this. If they feel that actually it'll be good coming from someone else, then yes. But if not, I always take the approach that any strategy, any action has to be led by the Ghanaians on the ground. Otherwise, we can make it very difficult for them. Yeah. Um, it, you know, just the climate is so hostile. And then just lastly, I, I would say my, my charity um, has never come under fire about how we organise and mobilise and work with human rights defenders because they lead and we just make the interventions and bridge the gaps and unlock the funding that they are requesting. Absolutely. Because uh, just at the time when the Boy George thing happened, we all said that we hope that he's spoken to the right people and we were discussing how you go about making changes and the fact that your charity does that, that it reaches out to the people who are on the ground. It's so important to do that rather than swinging in and trying to, you know, fix things in inverted commas that you don't actually know the real facts behind. So I, I love that. I, I love that. Um, so my thing is, everybody has got an auntie or an uncle in them. What is your auntie trait? <laughs> oh, I'm not judgmental. I won't see somebody 
that's going to church and her skirt's short and smile with her and tell her, mm, if I know that. <laughs> I, I, think my, I think my auntie trait is like, oh my gosh, haven't you grown? Oh, you look so yeah. good. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, your hair looks nice. Oh, long time. But the trait is, I guess it's just being familiar or wanting to be familiar and, and kind and caring and the reminiscing of old times and what you looked like 10 years ago. Or do you remember when we were sitting, eating Kelly Welly or, or Chin Chin at a party and we fought over the last Super Bowl, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. The I war mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so in a Guardian article that I read um, that you did earlier on this year, you talked about the fact that you knew that you liked girls, um, but you didn't have a way of verbalising that until you were in your 20s. Now, I know that you had your daughter at 19, and I just want to know, did you find it difficult balancing finding your voice as a black British Ghanaian and being a, a mother? Um, a young mother, should I say? That's a really interesting question. I... I... I think that there was too much that I'm I was dealing with at that time of one being a young person raising and being responsible for another life. Um, two, trying to figure out how do I peel off the masks because I had lied to myself for for so long. And three, probably just navigating the world that tells me as a dark skin sister that my worth is not worth enough. So there was far too many things that I was juggling that I can't pinpoint and say what felt most problematic or challenging or difficult. There was a multitude of things, but the most important action for me to take forward was how I'm going to make sure I feed and clothe and support and raise this young child that I've just given birth to. That makes That's sense. Great. Yeah. Uh, my question is, so what's on your blooper reel? Like, what would you delete from your life? <laughs> you know, I don't think that there's anything that I would delete from my life because it has all got me to this stage today. There are things which, you know, may have been kind of real mess ups. Um, and there have been things which have been traumatic and challenging. There are exes who I just wouldn't even want to spit on if they were burning, but I wouldn't delete anything from my life because I think that then my life wouldn't be what it is today yeah. I wouldn't have you know achieved some of the things that I believe I've achieved I may not be the mother that I am to this amazing young woman who is trailblazing and doing all the things that she wants to I wouldn't be the kind of lover that I am and I wouldn't be so open and honest about being a woman that loves other women so there isn't anything I'd want to delete but there are plenty of things that I want to add I was just about to add like but what would you so on the other side of that what are you happy to keep like what's actually been a defining moment in your in your life kind of highlight 
my daughter. Um, The fact that two years ago, my mum had kind of moved past tolerance stage after, you know, 20 years of being out. Um, She's now now at marginally acceptance stage, which is is really, really important for me. Um, just in my in terms of my own growth, um, the fact that I'm seeing UK Black Pride grow significantly when nobody, you know, 16 years ago wanted to touch me and the organisation, nobody wanted to sponsor, support, or understand the ways in which our lives intersect with each other. And yeah, so I want to keep all of that, and I want to see the growth of it even more. Um, and the way that our communities are resilient as well. And the people I that, that I work with, yeah. Shade, on to you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> My, anyway, anyway, Louisa. Okay, so um, who in your family did you turn to for advice? And what was the best piece of advice that has like, impacted you? Mm. I turned to my sister and my little brother for advice, but the best piece of advice I got when I was going through a a real moment about young people and what's happening was from my mum. And she said to me, you do not inherit this land from your parents nor your carers you borrow it from the next generation. And that for me was always telling about how I would approach the work that I do, how I would understand that my daughter's voice and others who are young needs to be heard. So yeah, I think that advice for me about young people and the next generation was really important and I live and breathe it today. Okay, that's lovely. And then what was I love that. That's lovely. No, no, no. <laughs> it is. It was nice. No, it really it was nice. It's like, uh, like my brother, he won't even mind me saying this. Like my brother um, recently came out to to, to to like the family. Like he came, he came out to me last, like I always knew he was gay. And I was always like, you can tell me I'm here for you. Like he's my younger brother. He's like 14 years different. And he just never was in that place. And I, ha- I had to get to a place where I was like, this is his journey. He will come out when he wants to come out. So he came out last year and then he's recently said it to my mum. And it's so funny what you just said about your mum and how she's getting to a place of tolerance. Because my mum is kind of the same. But um, I I just love that there are platforms like yours that he's very much attached to and in. And, and, you know, and he's just like, I can there are people out there like me. I can be me. And I just think it's it's, it's just a great thing. Whereas maybe like 20 odd years ago, he would have been in a completely different position. And I just, I'm just happy that he can live his life. I'm getting emotional. That he can live his life in his true sense. And it's just, yeah, it's great. I just, oh, yeah. I'm getting emotional. Well, this yeah. is what's your brother. Much love. And let him know that he's got chosen family, you know, elsewhere as well. In UK he says family. that. He says that. And I say, don't forget me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, now, I wasn't taking the mickey. I just love the way you said it. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, thank you. So um, we love the Channel Four Back to Black um, or Black. To, what was it? Black to Front. Sorry. Black to Front. We love that, and we spotted you in an ad with LinkedIn. Can you tell us how that came about? What was it like? Um, yeah, just give us a bit of insight there. Yeah. So LinkedIn are. Um, Every year, well, last year they had a group of change makers, and this year there's a new group of change makers, and I was fortunate to have been chosen as um, a change maker. So we created particular adverts about how we would want um, LinkedIn to think about difference. So my advert, I curated this about I want to see the tables in the boardroom look like our communities, look like our people. I want to see queer black joy in the boardrooms. That's why you may have seen people like Darkwa or Olu, you know, stepping away and voguing on that table, throwing mm. papers around. So it was really a reflection of the changes we want to see. And um, back to black to front, picked this up and they um, played the advert. And yeah, even my mum saw it and she's like, hey, you didn't tell me this was happening. <laughs> One of my favorite bits of that, there's a there's a, a, like an outtake where you're like, oh, there's a camera over there. <laughs> and oh, then you I know. Because my, my, the back of my weave was, you know, like when you came around your hair and you, you know that you might see that lump. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna see No, you looked good. That's why I was like, there's a camera there. <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't start patting my head. Yeah. <laughs> I had that real bad habit of doing it wherever I am, even though I'm an interview. I'm like, yeah, anyway, as I was saying. Um, I'm going to hand this over to Auntie Nana, but basically I think I gave you warning that we can either solve a problem for you or give you some unsolicited auntie advice. However, we want to give you unsolicited auntie advice because we're unsoliciting aunties. Um, unless you have a problem that you want us to resolve. You've got five seconds to say yes or no. No, no I want the advice. Okay, cool. It's and it's a bit of a remix on the unsolicited, actually, because to be fair, you're actually a good girl. We don't have anything to criticize you about, to be honest. That's because social media was not around when I was younger. So, love that we all did that. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was digging. I was going digging, trying to find an unsolicited wow. angle, and I couldn't find anything. So, more than anything, it's probably like auntie wisdom from you that we have always had this question so it's not even advice it is like can you just shed some light on this topic that we always talk about and as none of us are firmly within the queer community we thought and we're probably putting this on you so if it's like you don't want to answer don't answer but this is a question that we've had um what are your thoughts on most transgender spokespeople being transgender women is this, can it be attributed to the patriarchy? Like, why is there not a balanced representation of the transgender community? What are your thoughts on it? I think when you, when you look at those who have faced more death and more violence on their bodies and their minds, it has been trans women um but that doesn't mean to say that trans men or even non-binary people have not experienced that level of violence so they have historically probably spoken out a lot more than trans men but there's also this thing you know when somebody 
looks at their 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 gender affirming uh, nature. It doesn't mean that they're going to be part of the queer community because some people their transition is about them transitioning into who they are, and they may not want to be part of any community or just assimilate in a way that they're not seen as a visible trans person, whatever that may mean. And I, you know, and I'm not a trans person, so I can't speak to all of the lived experiences. You've got some trans people that don't wish to gender affirm. You've got some trans people who love the way they look and that's their their identity and their their expression. But yes, of course, if trans women are the ones only one speaking out, which is not necessarily the case. Um, there is, there might be something about the patriarchy because the patriarchy is real and it lives within all of us because of the structures that we've been born into, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think the conversation around our trans siblings is not necessarily one where we want it to be negative because all we see is the vitriol and the hate and the propaganda about them in newspapers. What we should be doing is finding ways of how we can amplify our trans and non-binary communities and siblings on a daily basis where they feel loved, where they feel held and where they feel empowered to keep on stepping the roads that they're on and the path that they're on. I hear, I hear. That I, I, just to kind of add, sometimes it feels, it feels like a tricky territory to have like an open dialogue, effectively, um, where it doesn't go into a phobia or get labelled with a phobia. It is like actually, how do we, um, yeah, how do we effectively dialogue? with each other and be supportive mm -hmm. and ask questions without the fear like sometimes I kind of feel a white woman being but... a, a, a radical feminist which is yeah. exclusionary because yeah. you do actually want to know so yeah there are... I'd be able to ask questions and it not be like oh my god that's extremely ignorant and it's like well it would be if I haven't been around you but mm -hmm. there should be spaces where we can actually talk openly I feel and mm -hmm. and find out where each person's kind of experience is from I, I don't know where those forums are if you know and it's like we're mm -hmm. ignorant to it like yeah just some quick tips I would say Sean Fay has an amazing book out that's just come out about um lives of trans people um and it gets deep into some of the you know nuances of how one navigates their life and um, some of the vitriol that's come and been splashed forward. You've got Kenny Ethan-Jones, who is a trans man, and he talks about period poverty and periods, being a trans man. You've got Monroe Bergdorf, who most people know mm. around the L'Oreal campaign where she was pushed off. You've got um, Travis Alabanza. Um, you can follow them and they have uh, a, an amazing show that's showing in Shepherd's Bush at the moment um, about, a trans, about a trans woman. Oh, you've got 
you've got people in UK Black Pride that, you know what, if you ever want to know, reach out and ask us a question. And we can also signpost it to who we feel is the most appropriate group and person. You've also got Trans Black Alliance, uh, Ezekiel. Mm -hmm doing some amazing work on mental health, working closely with Black Mental Health Minds Matter um, and really speaking truth to power on, you know, where they sit, how they stand and, you know, just debunking some of these myths. Brilliant. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Great. That's great. That's, that's, that, that's exactly what I was after. Thank yeah. you. That's exactly, and we always have this conversation about who's best place to have this conversation, and it can be quite difficult when you're not of the community, and I think that happens to a lot of marginalised groups as well when you're outside of them. Um, Auntie Phil, you've been amazing. I'm very oh, sad that you're really you. Oh, oh my gosh, aunties, you have all been amazing. I, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to come on this, and I'm going to... Oh, I'm gonna need to go because I wonder how the conversations go. But you are all so real, and I've loved every minute of sharing this space with you. Uh, like, thank you so much. <laughs> we appreciate you so much, and thank it's you lovely so much for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> <up. laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we have to have you back again. Well, but yeah, also, and um, when is the next UK Black Pride? So it's going to be in 2022. We're going to be um, in person, by the grace of God. It will be in person. Um, can't say where the venue will be because I think that given in 2019 we had over 10,000 people, um, we're probably looking at double that. Um, maybe Regent's Park. Let's like put it out Ooh. to the universe that those who hold those purse strings allow us to have the space that would be great that would be amazing i was watching some videos and they looked really really cool come and do some stuff i was gonna ask that do you have vendors there as well absolutely uh, and the food um you know food vendors we have a marketplace where people are selling their whether it's their beads their clothes their artwork we have trade unions there which are recruiting you know depending on what sector you work in we have um oh we've got so much we've got something for everybody that's I was saying to my brother, I'm coming with you. He's like, well, I was like, I am coming. I am. Well, I'm going there to try. I said, I said, I have been waiting for you to do this so I can come with you for years. So, but I want to come and work on it, basically. Yeah, and I'm not biased. It is the best pride ever. Uh, it's the yeah, most community oriented pride. He has actually said that to me. Like, yeah, and he. Well, the videos know. looked amazing. I was like, oh, I'm like gutted that I hadn't heard about like the actual festival aspect before, because I would have been there trading. My sister used to do um, normal, like standard pride. We used to have a stall there when I was a kid. And definitely, yes, it was very white. And yeah, just looking through the footage, I was like, this is this is something else. I, it, I would have loved to have had a stall. So definitely 2022, I will be there. Me too. All right. Thank you very much. Um, I don't, You just have to log off if you have to go, Auntie Phil. I um, do. And thank you so much once again. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you, Auntie Farah. Thank you, Auntie Nana. And thank you, Auntie Sade. You're all lovely. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 B
There you go. Is it gone? Is it gone? Shall I sing whilst you try and find how to go? No. There we go. Oh, that was so good. She I love that. Yeah, that was so, she, wonderful. Amazing. We all need to go to UK Pride, um, to Black Pride next year. Definitely. I'm I'm so 100% up for that. All we, right. We can have a stall next to each other. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get no, into I'm, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in, in touch to see. Well, when like, you do, how we can me, do it. Send me the link as well. Yeah, I'm okay. so up for that. Let's get into for the culture, for the culture. I mean, she did start in like I don't know high C or something. That was unnecessary because we don't have high C voices. Hold on, wait. Yourself. I can come in here. For the culture, for the culture, for the culture. Just start, but they're like. Mid. For the culture, let's go into what's in the culture. By the way, a <laughs> few things are happening. News in the streets, Karen Civil versus the world. Is she bad or just a product of the industry? Also, the, the fantastic Aloni, sorry I fell asleep thread highlight. I had something else as well, I totally forgot. But yes, we're going to get into it quickly. Um, start off with Karen Civil. Are um, we not going to talk about High Life? Oh, High Life, we can do Yeah, High Life's on there. Yeah. High Life wasn't highlighted, so I missed it. So my bad. Um, sorry, sorry. Who, who wrote this? Sorry, sorry. I wrote it, I and I can never highlight. I wrote it. No, 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 no. It was highlighted in the same way everybody, everything else. It just didn't have a link, actually. And also, thank you, Auntie in the bit and making, do you know what I mean? I'm reading out the snazzy. Before you even go into it, I was actually not accusing. I was actually talking about myself. So you just went on a rant. And I wasn't even talking about accusing I anyone. went on a rant, did I? <laughs> I literally was going to say, it wasn't highlighted. No wants to come for us when we don't it want to That's the thing. It says review, recap. That's the title. And then the item. Just but like it said. I wasn't cussing. And then well, the what thing. was, I wasn't cussing. I was like, oh, it wasn't highlighted. So I missed my, it. My, it. My, 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 it my. It wasn't implied to anybody my text at was all. perfect. No one, no one, I wasn't even, even, Are you, uh, you, you're, I accept your apology. I wasn't apologizing. Oh, I wasn't you're the one that I thought I was, and I really wasn't. I literally said, oh, it wasn't highlighted. To myself. No, 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 no. We need to rewind that, but I'm going to cut that slice. But it wasn't to you cut, or anybody. I'm going to cut it so you can hear how that came across. Yeah, it wasn't to you. It literally wasn't to you. It was right. to myself. Judges, let's check the footage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. But you can check the first Which one are we starting with? <sighs> I think you should start with start High Life. With High Life. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Can, I, can I just... Because I have a specific point around High Life, yeah? So I love it. I love it. But there was one point that I thought was really important that was in it, which was kids story so it's kids highlight when he was talking about his dad yeah and he he kind of describes what I would say is a kind of stereotypical representation of an African man of an African father slightly detached works hard is kind of hard on his kids and it was the affirmation by him that that's the way to love your your children that actually broke my heart that he was really like, you know, um, um, tough love is good because to spoil a child, it's that, it's that saying, isn't it? It's like um, spare the rod or spoil the child, whichever which way it goes. But that he was reaffirming that, 
I found problematic. Not that they showed it because that's real. There are so many people that truly believe that this is the way you parent. But it was for me, I was like, I'm glad they're highlighting it, but it's it it breaks my heart. I hope it doesn't go on to another generation that they have this thing of you be tough on your kids and they're gonna do well, then you love them and they're gonna do well. Just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, um... I... Go on, sorry. No, go on, go on. No, I was, I was going to say it's definitely a black thing, you know, because I think in, in the Caribbean culture, there's it's very much that as well. Like you, you're always hearing people say man up and things like that, you know, like you don't show emotion and you parent. But, but what I will say is it's it's from, from what I can see from definitely from my brothers being parents, they're not afraid to show their emotions with their kids. They're not afraid to tell their kids that they love them. They're not afraid to kiss their kids and hug their kids. So I will say that I think that our generation and the generations to come, hopefully that will change because they understand that what was lacking as they were growing up is actually needed to formulate and form a well-rounded human who, who knows mm. how to, you know, that's it. They basically be a well-rounded human and show their emotions and understand the importance of showing your emotions. Yeah, I was going to say also, I think it's interesting that we, it's within our community we, that's the conversation that happens but i i've seen i think a lot of based on white media because i'm not in white circles like that but a lot of shows films and tvs always have that kind of stern especially if you come from money the way that they parent and it's like you've got to man up you've got to be a man about this and tough love and the father kind of makes you know sets the children up to almost we watch succession almost to fail and you've got to jump through the hurdles to be on his level and understand the game as what it is to be a survivor in this capitalist world so I wonder if because it's something that's breaking out into the mainstream that it's something that it's not in a public sphere that we talk about like comparatively there is an element of rich father way of raising kids is something that maybe isn't bound to a race or a culture it might just be the culture of richness and but that aside it is um so I wasn't uh, it could be I wasn't um affected by it, but I felt it was it was quite sad and I recognized that in that space, but I took it, I'd actually took it on face value as, okay, that's his particular relationship. Cause I think there's also the flip side there. There are African families tend to have that kind of, or black families have that kind of stereotype of like, you know, mum, dad's married, raised the kids well. I mean, you've got the counterbalance of um, Benicia's dad, who's completely really for his daughters, warm, seems like they can talk to him and all that type of stuff. Maybe there's dynamics in sons and daughters and how they're raised when it comes to their dads. But, um, We've got the flip sides. I think we do have that balance of that strict father versus the father that's involved. So I don't know if that's, I know maybe not saying it's not like, it's not, it's, it takes away from the stereotypes that might affect us in some way, but it's an interesting conversation to explore because yes, we do have that too. But I think those two dads balance it out. And the fact that we've got dads in the mix as well from all sides of, of all everyone's and family apart from couples at the moment, um, it's good as well. Um, I thought that was actually like the, 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 as you said, the balance of it. I, for me, when I was looking at the themes of the show, I saw fatherhood or parenting as a theme that I quite enjoy that it's running through. Like from last week, actually having Irene's mum and her not being stereotypically what you would expect the kind of African mother's response to be. I enjoyed this episode actually having a theme of fatherhood and, and exploring different ways to kind of parent but it was just that glaring, uh, to me, it's a negative, 
it was like, that's quite an interesting stance and that he reaffirmed it. I was like, oh, what do the aunties think of that? I agree. I think I, th- I agree with Auntie AK. I think that that's pretty common in very wealthy families, regardless of race. I think it's more maybe like a class thing than anything. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's pretty, especially, you know, if if you're culturally like going to international school or like boarding school and stuff, mm. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's pretty standard um, just because that's, how you're going to get like a global education do you know what i mean you're going to get those connections do you know it's like there's kind of like a done way of doing things and stuff so like yeah i, I, I didn't see it as i didn't see it as like too too deep although he was showing emotion but like that's it just seems like it, that to me was like normal yeah <laughs> that's it like <laughs> um, stereotypes, I really appreciated the fact that they showed um, what's her name, Camille. Is it Camille? And that they showed her mum. Yeah. Like I was happy for the mum because the thing is, you say Jamaican, like I said last week, you hear about Africans and Caribbeans not getting along and not being able to bond and unite in, in, in terms of families, and this just like broke down those back those walls and showed you that not all Jamaicans are Yardies and not all Yardies are Jamaican. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of really, really appreciated that. And I just loved how the families came together and how they embraced each other and how they thanked each other for yes. children. And the fact that they were now family themselves. Like I, I, I just, it made me all like warm inside. I loved it. The, yeah. the, their family story, the, like literally I was in tears, you know, when the mothers like embraced. I was literally, I was yeah. sobbing. Like that's just such a beautiful dream of a story to even show us, but that they're living it, and I hope they are authentically living that out. But to show that that actually these two different cultures, who who just share an African ancestry, coming together and fully embracing this is my daughter. Thank you for giving me a daughter. Thank you for giving me a son. Was that that's that's there. For their kids to witness that, like literally, can you imagine coming from that stock? Like you have that footage. Right. Grandmothers were being appreciated. Camille was when she saw them meet, like how excited the mums were to see each other and just like how much joy that brought Camille. I, like you said, Auntie Nana, like part of me was like, where's her phone? Why hasn't she got it out? And then I was like, oh yeah, it's being filmed. Promo <laughs> 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 cameras are capturing that. <laughs> and the lockdown as well, like her not seeing her mum and you yeah, know, I mean, was which is like, I couldn't imagine that, like planning a whole wedding and like not being able to see your mum and stuff, that would be just be awful. Do you know what I mean? I do want to see more from, to- um, from Tony though like I want to know what do you know what I mean like I just want to see more like I really like her online and stuff and like with her quotes and everything and I've seen clips of um her you know doing like interview with her mum and stuff and that relationship so I would like to definitely see more and where that oh his sister yes yeah yeah. I'm still not like all there with all the names because isn't he called what's his name Toby Tommy Tommy okay yeah yeah who's the mum's stamp Take out a yes. foot, as my yes. grand would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's actually really funny. Venetia's <laughs> and her sister's relationship. I love that. I love that whole idea of like building a legacy and that kind of like 
especially when you have like a family business of like, okay, yeah. is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That sort of thing. It's very, uh, I thought that was interesting. I just think it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beaming with it and it's not even mine. I love it. <laughs> I know. I don't want it to end. Yeah. It's so nice to see. Because you just... know when you know it's just four episodes and I am like, actually, I'm already getting like, I don't want this to end. Like, it, it yeah. needs more than four. Like, Is it only four? Just yeah. four. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought, I don't know what I thought. Four? Yeah. Yeah. That it's means not it's fun. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it carries on like you know they get some type of season somewhere like a proper thorough one and I would like to see other elements added into it yeah. like, I just want to see a bigger cast that I I really think that the production has it right mm. and I trust them to mm. show yes. the story so it's like actually I really want it to grow yeah oh my god did you see Irene's party as well yeah yeah that's, yeah the one that we weren't at <laughs> the one that we <laughs> To be fair, I do think that AK should have been there. I, you know what? Oh, I was watching it. About me. Oh, sorry, Shaz. No, no, no. Not what about me. What about we? Okay. But, but I would say on a list. It's a regal. I loved it. But when she was speaking, in my mind, I was like, why is the crane not there? And I can't, and I understand there's a guest list and you have limited and all that stuff. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. But I will say that I was just like, hmm. It's all right anyway, man. Smile, smile. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. Next year, we should all be there. Next year. I was like, <laughs> you, you got to network harder. I'm not even blaming anybody. I'm like, you got to network harder. No, it's this one. She doesn't put herself out enough. It's all right. I'm going to put you out. I'm going to put you out. What, what do you think, AK? <laughs> I think let's get the news on Karen Civil. And <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the problem of the industry. No one says No, I'm saying. No. no, but you know what? I've had this conversation before, and it's um, it's it's that thing. It's either you put yourself out there. People know who people are. I know what it's like creating a list, and someone's like, well, this, that, this, that, this, that. I am in a crazy position. I think sometimes not being part of the clique because I'm older does apply. It, it, it does have a factor. Visibility has a factor. Um, sometimes I rest on my laurels and think, well, the British Blacklist speaks for itself. And I know, you know, it, but and I also know it's like creating an bed. So I'm not salty. I'm more like, okay, what do I have to do to get there? If, if that's important to be there. Um, and but there's other spaces that I'm in that maybe aren't in that are also as has also propelled my filmed and they're not promoted as like yeah, there's community. other things behind the scenes yeah. that I do so it's interesting and it is the awkward thing of like well I want to be there like I definitely we've all had the conversation like, I wanted to be at Irish party for sure I want to be at the GRM daily but then a little bit of ego is like I'm not going to beg nobody but also it's that thing of talking about it in front of people you're like you don't want to it's a bit awkward but I also know there's real factors like when you're trying to create that list and who's going to pop your event there's that that's a real talk thing and my age, I'm not in these circles on a daily. I'm not, they're not in my numbers like that. They're, these guys are in their 30s. I'm in my 40s. It, it does apply unless I was literally out there in them streets regularly. So that's my thoughts on that. That's that on that. News in the streets. Karen Civil versus the world. Is she bad or just a product of the industry? Auntie Nana and Auntie Shade, please take it away. 
Do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, I know about this as well, but fair enough. Sorry, because they dominated the conversation on our WhatsApp. Sorry, sorry. yeah, no, Karen yeah. Simmons. Because we won't. put it out there first of all. Anyway. No, we was in real time listening yes. on yeah, yeah, Clubhouse. Yeah, 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 you guys were in the... Actually, like, taking place. Yeah, we saw it unfold. It was better than any type of love and hip-hop ever. Yeah. Like, this Can I just was say drama. about that Clubhouse? There were so many people on it. When I tr- I tried to get into it about yeah, they four times, people out. They and it people said out. there are too many people in this cup house. I was yeah. like, Shit. and I was just reading the WhatsApp with you. Like, I was like, man, I'm missing out. No, but like, there was there was like um, what was it called? Overflow. Yeah, overflow spaces where they were just literally playing the audio from what was in what was taking place in the main room. They did say that main room it was showing as eight thousand, but actually there was forty thousand people. In the main room. Jeez. So it I just is. Say also, again, just quickly before you guys get into it, someone said on Twitter, so Clubhouse should say thank you to black people because once yeah. again, we saved your thing that we weren't, yeah. no one was talking about. And also, there's an article that I wish I could have got to, but we have to do it another time. Um, someone, there was something that happened in black, Big Brother America. Apparently, the black contestants conspired to get out all the white contestants and they revolutionized Big Brother. And yeah. it was the first time they crowned a black winner. So this was really? yeah, 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 yeah. That has actually happened. I was yeah. reading That's up about amazing. that as well. Wow. All right, let's get back into the story. But this <laughs> clubhouse needs to thank its black people, black people again. Yeah. And there was rooms about that as well. That the two times that records have been broken on Clubhouse were due to black audiences. Right. Although still the monetization that they that they are experimenting with in America is still benefiting like white spaces. Yeah. But yeah. So with Karen Civil, she was up. Um, so it was Jesse Wu that started it off. No, so it wasn't. It wasn't actually because the person that started the room that had Karen Karen Civil's name. Oh, do you mean the? the I, I mean the whole controversy. Right. So Karen even like yeah. getting into the forefront. I would mm-hmm. say that was Jesse Wu putting the the actual like details out that Karen had tried to sue her. Yeah. For, three million dollars and had lost the case and she exposed her she was like she was trying to extort money from her Mm -hmm. and that kind of opened up the floodgates for all the other people to come forward with their receipts of how Karen Civil had stolen from them you can carry on so yeah so the clubhouse was started by someone who was part of like the Nipsey Hustle campaign or works with Nipsey Hustle I think her name was Keita yeah yes Keita So she basically put Karen's name in the title. So uh, something along the lines of... Um, Karen Civil is a fraud, I've been telling y'all. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> People love that. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Saying that to her. So she she started this clubhouse and Jessie Wu came... At one point she was on stage and she kind of went through her story. Now there was another... There was a gu- There was many people on stage, let's just say that. There was yeah. over 100 people on stage. Yes. And it just seemed so political. It was just ridiculous. Um, because it was just like they kept on interrupting and talking over and it was just like... Just stop. But anyway, so um, so Jessie talks about her case. She talks about why, you know, why uh, she's right in her positioning. She was just saying everything from her point of view. And she kept on getting interrupted in particular by this guy called Whack. Whack 100. Whack 100. So, yeah. And he basically, 
I know, you know what? We don't know these people, so sorry if you're them. But Wack seemed <laughs> like, yeah, that he Wack was, was living up to his name <laughs> for freaking Karen. Do you know what I mean? Every single time. So first of all, he got into it about the uh, the term that she used, like um, extorted. Yeah. So she said, Karen um, tried to extort me for um, free, um, no, not for free million for. I can't remember how much, but I tried to extort. And he was like, no, that's, you can't use that word. Da, da, da. But this is going back and forth about this one word for like half an hour. And he's like, bro, we want to know the rest of the story. And you want to focus on this. But it was a great distraction technique. So the woman that um, actually opened the clubhouse um, room, she basically um, kind of said to everybody that Karen was in the space, but Jesse and Karen cannot be on the stage at the same time because of the ongoing court case. So Jesse came off, Karen came on. So Karen, as soon as Karen came on, Kita just went for the jugular. She went for the jugular. She just started going in, saying, you need to apologize to us because you took credit for stuff and blah, blah, blah. So she's literally ranting. Like, she's ranting. She's going in. She's going in. She's going in. And Karen is literally just silent. She's just listening, and she takes it all in. Now, guys, like, this is supposed to be on YouTube. And if you work in entertainment, any sort of kind of industry that, this is a masterclass on how to deal with crises. Like, basically, like, she was so calm and collected, and the way she handled that, she kind of flipped it, like, she was just like, her thing was just like, I hear you, I don't think you should be talking to me like that, but I hear you, let's have a conversation offline. That was basically her message. And yeah. she handled the shit out of it, like, it was just yeah. Yeah. crazy. So Kia is just she's calmed down yeah. <laughs> completely right and then who went next who went next who went yeah, so uh, after Kita went in then it was literally people asking her questions yes there so was other people coming forward and being like okay can you explain what well, i know then it went on to people asking about joiner yes and then so joiner lucas he came out after jesse Wu, and he said karen had taken 60k from him and did no work. He paid her 60K. She did no work for him. So people are asking her about that. And then who enters the room? Joiner Lucas. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Joiner Lucas is brought up onto the stage and he enters the room. So he literally now is like, they put him on. He's there. You can hear he's heated and he goes in. He is laying it all out. He is like, I gave you much, and she allows this to take place. Yeah. Like, so Joyner's on there. He's like, I, I was down to my last. My child was being born. My first son was being born. You knew that I had nothing. My investors, this was the last ditch attempt at me kind of breaking. Nipsey had vouched for you. This is why I went with, with Karen Civil. Like, he, she had a reputation that she can help you. So he sent her the 60K. That was the full fee. He paid it, and then she went ghost. This is what he said. He was like, I was belling you down, belling you down. When you finally did pick up the phone to me, you made me feel like I was a side chick that was stalking you. And you kind of shoo-shooed me off. You were on vacation. You was like, don't call me up when I'm on vacation. He never heard from her again. And then he did a Twitter rant about it. Karen responded to the Twitter rant through his manager and sent him an apology for him to put up on his Twitter account. 
which was basically yeah, like basically it. saying yeah. that he was mad. Yeah. yeah, but the, the way she worded it was like, I, I lost all my faculties and I went against Karen and I shouldn't have. And, you know, she's a great person. Paraphrasing. But he but said that he was, that, has it, didn't he? Yeah, he, show, he, he it, since that he has shown everything on his Instagram, yeah. like what she sent and everything else. But he's saying all of this, getting heated. Like he weren't calling her a bitch, but he his his passion was there. He was vexed and she just let him talk let him get it all out, and then kind of from her point of view, explained it all. Shada, you carry on. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, so she explained it, um, basically saying her, her <laughs> the way she handled this was, I've got the, why you've been talking, I've been checking my email, I've got those emails from 2015, I've got them, I can send them to you. That's what she was, she was just like, I've got them, I can send them to you, I sent them to your manager, I sent them to your manager, and he, and, and basically, she just handled, it. the way she put him at ease, she put the room at ease, <laughs> by just saying like, don't worry, I've got the information you need, I can send it to you now. But at the same time, she was also saying, but I'm not the one. Yes, I was on vacation. She owned up to her shit. She's like, I, yes, I was on vacation. You know how it is when you're busy and da da da, and you need a break and all this kind of stuff. So it's like what she was saying almost makes you think, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's logical. Oh, that's reasonable. Do you know what I mean? She was coming across as a very putting very reasonable um, arguments for for her behavior or a, a explanations for her behavior. That the whole thing. I can't lie. If you if you went into that room thinking Karen Civil, she's terrible, you would go out thinking, mm, maybe they should. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what most manipulators do. Yes, yeah. She, she was great at it. Where she has got, she studied it. She's got the degree in that shit. It's because extremely clever. Most people would have gone on a defense just from how he was talking. He was passionate. Yeah. He was like, and this bitch didn't like. He was yeah heated. She was so calm. She was like, Joyner, honestly, I had the receipts. I can send them to you. I sent them to your manager. I have it all. No, she had the invoices. Yes. And then there was the run of, do you have invoices or do you have receipts? This was this was when she had left, though. Yeah. So before so that, 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 remember, that journeyed on. Jace, is it Jason? That's when she talked about hacking. No, no, yes. Then Jason Lee came into the room. Yes. <laughs> like while well, we're all on so Karen's there and Jason Lee has come into the room he's a blogger or has some sort of blog right you guys all know who Jason Lee is yeah so he runs Hollywood Unlocked yeah um it's like got a YouTube channel a blogging site like he's probably um I, I would say that the shade room is probably bigger reach than him but he is iHeart syndicated as well. So mm -hmm. actually it's like, he's very influential. But Jason Lee came on and he was also in Love and Hip Hop. Messy as hell. Jason Lee comes on and he's like, I have receipts about Karen Civil. She, she's done this to me. She, she hacked into my site. She got it taken down. Me and her used to be friends. We fell out. I ran a story on her. She told me to take the story down. I said, no, this is what I do. I write stories and this story by all accounts, seems like it's legitimate. The story was that she had taken 17000 from another person to do marketing services, and she didn't do it. So he ran this story, and then he said, and then she paid this young boy 20000 
to take down my Instagram page. And literally he said it and Karen confirmed she did play a hacker to take down his Instagram page. He was basically yeah. like, I did that shit. Um, we, but we talked about it. I thought we was good. <laughs> I thought we were talking- Again, master manipulation. Yes, I did it. I was wrong, but you know, we've talked about it. But he's he's bringing it up now. But then after that, she leaves. At some point, she leaves that. Com- yeah. I think after someone probably told her, "Get the fuck off this." <laughs> yeah, her lawyer. And she, yeah, basically, and she leaves. But then you've got Whack One Hundred. Who basically was then just going in defend? It was like he had shields and swords and stuff. He was just shutting down every single point that everyone was making. It was just insane. And he would he would try to caveat and say, you know, I don't really like Shorty that much, but you know, if you're if you if you give someone sixty grand to do promo for you, that's going to how many different people? Plus, not all the time because there was one woman. Called Tahari, Tahara, Tierra Marie. You know the singer? No, it's not her. Yeah, it's the singer. Is that what she sounds like? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, it's Thierry. No. No, I no, you're like... thinking that. No, it's the one that went out with Ray J. Right. That used to be on Love and Hip Hop um, Hollywood. Were they in? Uh, yeah. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. And and Ray J dumped her and da 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 da. Okay. That's the girl. So. Hmm. my god I've never wanted someone to shut up so much in my life just shut up like come up with basic point if you have an infant you have to get a receipt no 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 you don't you don't have to you can want that and sometimes that does happen but everybody who runs who's run a business for a significant amount of time knows that you don't always have to get a receipt because the invoice can match to the transaction that's come out of your account and then your your accountant is okay with that but she labored this point for almost an hour and just kept on coming back to it. So it was just her and Whack 100 going back and forth on this point, which was just a brilliant distracting tactic, to be honest. I, I feel like Karen paid both of them. This yes, did go on for right. hours and we were listening for hours. We wasted we so were. much time of our I'm lives I'm listening sorry. to this, but it was fascinating hearing like drama unfold real time and people yeah. just chatting shit. But Karen Civil, when she was on, for the hour that she was on talking, I was like, flip sake, I've learned so much about how you handle a crisis. Because she was so calm. Oh, it, it, it was a masterclass. If you find the audio, just listen to Karen Civil's part. It was a masterclass. There are some YouTube mm. videos of the, um, yeah. the whole... How, how you handle kind of people coming at you at once, like she she laid a foundation. It was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was really really good. It was very 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 entertaining. And I don't. She wasn't always calm either. So she would be calm, and then she'll peak, and then she'll be calm again. Like it was just like, yeah, it was it was impressive. But yeah. So the question is: Is she a product of the industry? Because what Whack One Hundred was saying is, and which I think we all know in our respective industries, is that. This happens all the time, right? So especially with music promotion, first of all, 60K is not going to make you. Because the way he was talking about that 60K was like it was his last 60K. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, if it's your last 60K, why are you giving it to one person? Why are you giving it 
at the beginning as well, when you don't even have an itinerary of what is even going to be done, why is your manager signing off on that? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think for me, I think that question was because it's interesting when you said that. I think um, that we've had this conversation before in different in many ways about what behaviors are normalized in the industry and it's like if you don't do those things then you're not going to make it because you've got to play the game and what things should we go by and what things we shouldn't and our expectations of what side and how much dirty how much good we should do especially as playing black folk because we 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 criticize each other a lot about doing the bad thing when you win the cesspit what else are you going to do to survive so there's that but then there's also i think we've all been very strict on it's a choice you don't have to go down that route so and we could be we've been unforgiving about certain situations which we would expect someone like look it's survival of the fittest i needed to do they needed to do a b c d to survive but we've said nah you've got a choice so i guess with karen and it comes like being a black woman being a woman in a very male dominated space what decisions did she make that you feel like were you didn't have to do that you don't have to be that way so is there any extra forgiveness or forgiving or um, empathy because she's a woman that we're saying, okay, you had to do what you had to do? Or is she just as dirty as all the guys she jumped in, this, in the cesspool with? And should she, no, she didn't, because we know that getting into the industry, not everybody knows what it is. Not everybody knows that you don't give your, all your money to one person. Even though there's so much advice, there's still a newbie every single time. Modeling agents, you, know, you get scouted on the street takes pay me a hundred pounds for your pictures you, and everyone knows you don't pay for your pictures but yet there are countless 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 young girls and boys who get scouted who will pay for those pictures and the stories are out there so we can't also and again that person yeah do your research but not everyone has the even thought they might think yeah especially his manager could have been his cousin at the time that's the thing it could have been like his cousin. yeah i'm your manager yeah and all that type of stuff so bad so, that's my thoughts on that. I don't know what you guys think. We've got to wrap up soon as well. So what, I don't okay. know what you guys want to come back on with that. I mean, what do you yeah. not think? I think, I think they said it like it's a masterclass in, in how to stay calm in, in a crisis. Yeah. Like. Yeah, she's a villain. Overall, she is a villain. Yeah, she's she sounds great like a master manipulator. Understands yeah. like, like, I mean, how can you get away with saying that you paid someone 20 grand to flip in, um, shut them down effectively? No, no, she did say, I didn't pay no 20 grand, but yeah. she admitted but she to that she did it. it. Yeah, like, <laughs> but she mean? said, I did pay no, oh, I didn't pay no 20 grand. Sorry, 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 sorry. But the thing is, yeah, okay, so I listened to Breakfast Club talking about it, yeah, and, and Charlemagne is going back and forth with Envy, and Charlemagne's like, you would do that envy and he was like yeah but i wouldn't admit it this is commonplace this is commonplace when you're in that world do you know what i mean so yeah she's a but a villain against who there's a bigger villain <laughs> if if karen's being like spit up and chewed at the moment there's bigger villains oh yeah no definitely. Small fry. she's definitely. small fry compared to these guys and also i think the manager might have been in on it because what you do like you know, even when I was starting out, I was so, so green. I was so green. I didn't know anything. I got someone a gig. They're asking me, how much do I want of what they're getting paid? I'm thinking, what? Like, me, me, I'm just being nice. <laughs> you know I'm just doing what I think is right. I'm not expecting anything. But that's the, that's, that's the type of people I was dealing with. And it took me a little while to be like, oh, okay, this is how it works. Not to say that I would do anything terrible. And sorry for the people who I have done wrong. But do you know what I mean? Like, 
those, those are Karen moves there because I swear at one point she did like apologize. <laughs> Sorry, if you think I did you wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she learned. Auntie Shani, she recognized game. I'm sorry for making <laughs> up. I'm sorry for you fucking up, but you fucked up in it. <laughs> I'm sorry that you feel. I'm sorry you feel like someone done you wrong. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I just don't know. I just think I just think that she's e she's an easy target, but she played herself with admitting. She should yeah. never have done that. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have time? We've got time to go into Olani's thread. I, I, well, we don't have time. No. Auntie Farah's looking ahead. We don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you read it, though? Can we just ask? Yes, that? I have. It was like... Have, you, Auntie Farah? have I read Have Have I read what? Sorry? Olani's thread. No, probably not then. Have no. you? Yeah, every, everybody I mean, could the, just go and read. Like, um, um, the, who's that? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Auntie Farah. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who, can I read one? Is that, is that yeah. a sex person? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw a feed, but it seemed so long. I didn't read it. I must have. Oh, been. serious? Basically, she asked, she asked women to answer the question, um, what would you what, um, explain what happened when you told your boyfriend or significant other, I've, um, I fell asleep? So basically, so you're seeing someone <laughs> you told me when to see, but you've gone and done something else. And she basically, for no reason at all, on a casual day, just wreaked havoc. <laughs> she loves that. Yeah, like no, no, that's like what reason. Jasmine Sullivan does. Like yes, when Jasmine exactly. Sullivan just runs yeah, out yeah, a story, yeah. it was a similar type of thing. She does that shit. She yeah. was like, yes, um, let's have some fun, guys. So basically, for example, okay, so one woman said, I was cheating with someone else. <laughs> Sorry. I was cheating with someone who's my dad's age, having orgasms left, right, and center. Basically, passed out from how much fun I had. Woke up to the next morning with a cute little good morning, and sorry, I fell asleep whilst I was studying. Imagine yeah. <laughs> I it so much, I do it regularly, and I'm even seeing Mr. Ask Eater in about two or three hours. Don't we just have Sundays? <laughs> and on that note, what's made you sad, mad, and glad, Auntie, this week? <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> we drop the thread in the comments. You've got to, got to, got to read the Please, like, I, I put the link in. Just go onto that thread and read through it. It's flipping hilarious. That was like a million. Okay, I'm going to read it. Because I saw it and I was like, that's so much. Like, I don't have the time right now. I, yeah, it's a lot. It's wicked, though. I love Aloni for her boldness and brashness and her trouble. Her light, her instigation is wicked. Yeah, me too. Okay, Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, what's made you sad, mad, and glad? Well, what's made me sad, mad, and glad? Sad, my nails don't grow naturally lovely, so I have to get nails done. And I hate the debacle of having to go and fix my nails. Got my nails done the other day. They popped off too quickly. Had to waste time going to get them fixed. They fixed beautifully now, but I just don't like the harassal. I just want normal fucking nails. Grow normal nails, and I don't have to deal with this shit. So that makes me sad. Slightly mad, but sad. Mad, daddy long legs tried to fight me. One tried to come in my flat, had to hoover it, and it tried to come back out of the hoover and come back and fight me again. And I was walking down the street today. One tried to go into my face. No, fuck you, daddy long legs. And also um, something that um, um, Auntie Sade brought to light, which didn't, we couldn't get to cover, that Madeline McCann's mum, her juju is so powerful that she can bounce back, bounce back, bounce back, bounce back. I want to say allegedly, because you know what I think about that woman, allegedly, before I continue, allegedly. But fucking hell, mate. Let it be me that did that to my child. Anyway, allegedly. And I'm glad 
because of something i'm going to do that annoying thing or will be revealed i'm really glad that things are moving some stuff that british black is going to be doing so excited i will tell you when i can but i'm excited because it feels all mushy gushy inside and i will be at that party next year and um, <laughs> uh, i'm glad that, i'm glad that, yes we all will be i'm glad that september is warm because september is warm and i'm glad yeah. it's warm. i'm not ready to get a big coat out and i'm glad that i can actually go outside with a little little jacket and look cute <laughs> Um, <laughs> a little jacket. A little jacket. Uh, Auntie Farah, what's made you sad, man, and glad? Um, I am sad. I wrote these down. I am sad that I'm not rich by now, and that my that my pockets are led by the government's idea of what a pay rise is when you work in the public sector. Yeah, that one percent is working out to be about five pounds, oh. motherfuckers. Yeah. Um. I am mad at the Border Patrol authorities in Texas rounding up Haitian refugees with whips whilst on horseback. And I am glad that money isn't everything and that I can be here with my fellow aunties and enjoy great conversations with people like Lady Phil. Yay! Auntie Nana, what's made you sad, mad and glad this week? Okay, so this week the sad is that my mum extended her stay in Ghana. And literally, we were all really looking forward to her coming back on Sunday because she went from July July the 1st. So it was all summer. And it's just like, it's been a long stint without her. This is probably the longest she's been away in maybe 20 years. Like, it's, it's, she hasn't been that, like, gone that long in Ghana for ages. So, yeah, I've just missed her so much. And she's extended by just two weeks, but it feels really long to me because it's, like, it's just ages. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really missing her. Um, I'm mad about the non-stop vaccine talk. Like, it's just, it's getting too much now. Like, actually, like, the US opening up their borders to the UK and Europe to vaccinated people. It's just, it's really pissing me off. And then I am glad that my sister has a new shop space in Brixton Village. And yeah, I'm really super proud of her. It's her own, it's her own shop front. And I don't think she's actually done a shop by herself. Usually me and her do a shop or she has a partner that she does a shop with. And I was just really proud of her that she's doing this by herself. It's going to have a little machine in there. She'll be doing like made to measure stuff. And yeah, I'm just really proud that she's doing this by oh, herself. Cool. It's lovely. Yeah. I do have t-shirts in there though, because it's my big sister. So obviously as a little sister, I have oh, to. Yes. Impose myself <laughs> you on <better>. her <laughs> I have to. Obviously. Yeah. You know, these are little sister perks. So there are Love Yaya t-shirts in the space as well. But that's in Brixton Village. That's phenomenal. Auntie Sade, what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Okay, so, okay, my first two are kind of interchangeable because both sad and mad. So the sad one is definitely the treatment of the Haitian people by American border patrol. <sighs> Fucking hate them, and I'm very sad that, um, you know, people are suffering. And then also, as well, right, so I went to my mm, office the other day and you know I was just sorting out a few things seeing a few orders and whatever kind of thing and then I just thought oh let me just pop into the kitchen and just give it a once over who the fuck asked me to do that friggin looked in the sink what looked like a fucking hand was coming out of the plug hole like no fucking hand like I was just like in such a friggin 
like I couldn't move. Like I'm petrified of spider. Like I'm, I think, I think yeah. I really do have arachnophobia because I just can't, I can't do it. Like I had to leave. I just had to leave. I had to stop. <laughs> you just left the spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not dealing Did with you that. even run water? No, no, no. That's too close. No, too much. So I was oh. just in a state and I was so distressed that I literally, literally had to sit on a bench and calm myself the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was so scared. Sorry. I hate them. So yeah. I so know it's, it's spider season though, isn't it? Oh, it's it's, 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 it's amazing. amazing. The other day I was surrounded in my house by spiders. Oh, there was a giant one at the back and a giant one at the front. And no. then as my brother got the one at the back and I saw another one at the front, I was spraying the area and oh. then six came out. Wow. Yeah. In, in our garden, when no. I leave now, there'll probably be a web going across. Like they are. They're everywhere. It's September. It's September. I still it's haven't seen one of the big ones, though. I have seen, a, as I said, there were four big ones around my house. My brother got rid of three of them. Someone else got rid of one of them. But yeah, but and then, as I said, they're just everywhere. I, I had to wash my car the other day. I've not washed my car since about February. I had to wash my car because there was a spider living in my car. Oh, uh, was it living in the window thing? It was living in the window thing. And then there was another one living in the, in the uh, what's it called? No. The... Uh, what do you call it? The indicator. So around the indicator. Why are you there? No, What's why? wrong with no, you? Yeah. And it's when they I make a web it. like for no reason in two seconds. Like what the fuck? Don't you have any common sense? Do you know what I mean? Bust through it. We're going to bust through it. Why would you web to web where people? But they don't care. They don't because they'll make another web. Because again, I thought yeah. I got rid of the spider on my car, and it's built this intricate web on the wind on the wing mirror. And every yeah. day, I open the wing mirror, and the web breaks. And when yeah. I get home, I close the wing mirror. And when I get up in the morning, I open the wing mirror again, and there's another intricate web. Yeah. They don't know, are tired. Aren't they tired? Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. I, I'm just, can't catch I'm fed up. I'm fed up. And I know I'm just going to just get PTSD. Like, do you know what I mean? I know how this plays out. Like, I'm just going to think that I've seen it. I'm going to think my hair is a spider. Yeah, Anything yeah, that touches yeah. me, oh. this is going to happen for the next couple of weeks. So All, all little bundles of hair is making yeah. me jump it's at the moment. Oh. And I remember wrapping it around my finger and taking it off and putting it somewhere. And then I jump at that hair, that yeah, hair yeah, spider. Same. Like constantly, it's so annoying. And it moves like that. Anything, yeah. Just like, Anything. This is why I don't like opening my windows because fear is that it's gonna crawl in. I have a window. Yeah, I have. To yeah, yeah. At this point, you shouldn't really have windows open. No, yeah. because they come. That that's where they they're always they're on the hunt for like. Warmth or whatever, or just spiders. I don't even know what they're looking for. Do you know what we used to do? We need to get invited, Auntie Spider. No freaking way. Because you know what? Yeah, I saw, I saw freaking. Anyway, actually, sorry. But why do? Why? Why do we have no more? Is it Maury or something? Where they the woman was scared of rats and they brought out rats. Are they fucking mad? What's wrong with them? No one should ever think to do that to me. I will fight you. I will literally fight you. Do you know what it is about spiders? I don't mind the little ones, but you know when you get the no, giant no. ones and they're like different colours and they're None furry and they got like and they just look them. like they could come for you at any second. Those in are the bath. stars. I'm, like them. I'm not on the those ones that like to do photo shoot in the bath because it's like yeah, because the games are white. They know when it's like a nice white background or plain background, they like to stand out and look sexy. Those ones are the fucking ones. Fuck you, fuck you, fucking <laughs> How dare you not fucking camouflaging? How dare you? That's the point. 
They want to like, show off their backside. They want to do monochrome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your glad? my glad? I was, uh, he's our amazing <laughs> guest today. Lazy Phil really, really enjoyed our conversation with Lazy Phil. I hope you guys did too, kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah. my other little bit of a glad is that I can't really say either what I'm talking about, but I said no to something and I'm very happy that I said no. And people normally wouldn't say no to this. And yes, I think, um, yes, I deserve a pack of back to go with my oh, gut. No, whatever it was. No, sometimes, sometimes you've got to say no. That's good. Yeah, that's good. About, because most of the time, most of us say yes when we should say no. Absolutely. So it's true. always good when you're strong in your your stance of saying no. Like, well done. Well, well done. done. Oh, you guys actually really did crack me up about Spider Gate, though. That is really, really <laughs> no, funny. Fucking mate, Spider Gate is a problem. Freaking about your. The Campbell of fucking model of Spider World. Get out. Does somebody please tell us though? What what are spiders for? No, they are in the food chain because spiders control the, the flies and stuff. They're part of the food chain, but it's just they're just ugly. Remember, we're invading nature. To be fair, but it's not. We we you know it. Go to another country. Go to another planet. No, no, no. I live here. We're the boss of you now. So you can live. Yeah, that's well, well, well. No, Kashade, it made you leave your house. Off. <laughs> you know, like they can jump in it. Have you seen a spider jump before? <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. It's the scariest thing ever. Spiders jump. Listen, I hate you know pictures where it's just web. I think webs freak me out as well. The spider freaks me out, but it's what they create. Their fucking houses are just no, I don't mind. I actually find webs fascinating. Like I, I am so intrigued that you have something that comes out of your batty that you can weave. It's so evil. It's so evil. It's not their house. They don't live in the web. The web is They're actually evil to other insects. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, English just minding their business and then bam, they're catching. I think it's safe to say before we wrap up, we must go that on our because it, uh, it was going to be Auntie Phil's hit list. Record, whatever. Oh, I was gonna. Can oh. I say something? It's to do okay. with it. Sorry. Yes, my hit, my hit, my thing. Don't piss me off and like people should do this and all social media companies to do this. If people are sharing something that contains a spider, I want a fucking warning. I want to warn him. I don't want to open stuff, scroll him through, and there's a frigging spider there. I really mm. don't want it. They could, you should be able to opt into things that you don't want to see, and it's filtered out. That's what should happen. And also, obviously, spiders <laughs> are on the hit list. Yeah, I, um, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's fair, it's fair. Spiders, September, you're on the hit list. Yeah, definitely. Fuck, fuck you. Um, let's get the quick comments, and we must leave. Okay, so sorry, I was, I was got really passionate then. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go through. Candy says, I have a massive spider across my front door. I felt like it was saying, Yeah, the house is yours, <laughs> yours now, Spidey. Um, Ma Maha is saying, I can't even listen to this. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Latang is saying, This is traumatizing me. Sharon is caring. I'm I'm also traumatized. <laughs> so we can be traumatized together. Nick is saying Auntie Shadi got offered an MBE. No, I didn't. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I say no though. 
And Mr. Tang wants us to hurry up and go on to some of the girls next. And Shelly says, I'm not scared of spiders anymore. I'm tackling geckos in my house. Oh my oh, God. Oh, wow. I think I like that. I like this. Oh, that's I, like I, I want to tackle geckos. That means that you're yeah. in somewhere great and like yeah. exotic. All right. That was the amazing, um, amazing. I'm telling us that we were amazing. The amazing. Yeah. Episode 77 of Your Aunties Could Never. We spoke to Auntie Gill, who was amazing. Guys, follow her on, I, oh, she didn't say her handle, but go to UK Black Pride. And if you put Lady Phil into social media, your, her um, handles will come up. Amazing woman, powerful woman, impactful woman, inspirational woman. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, Auntie Phil. Um, and that's just left for me to say, join us next week, Tuesday, 5 p.m. live as usual on YouTube and Facebook. And don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Leave your comments on our podcast because we need your ratings and your conversations. And we'll read out some good ones on the show if you so do, if you do so. Um, and that's <laughs> about it. And please, please, guys, remember when we go live, share us. So yeah, that more people are listening to us, please share, tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to us and watch us. Yeah, man, because we're there. We're tell, your friend, tell your friends, tell your friends so we, so we can be friends. friends. And also, can you send us up? Because I haven't asked you for a while. Can you send us your damn problems? Because we want to get in your business too, right? So auntie's getting your business into your business. So send us your problems so we can fix them for you because we're freaking wise and knowledgeable. That's it. Bye guys.